Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Nasty on a Thursday. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN with Andrew Marsh and Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. 202, your time check is brought, is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. We're going to chat with Kyle Hebert of St. Louis City SC uh, in a little bit, about 3.30 or so. Chris Kerber is going to join us as well He's back from at London. 3 o'clock. Yeah, back from London. Talk a little blues hockey with him. We'll talk about Shohei Otani today and how... Boy, his his injury impacts his free agency, and I, I want to throw something at Jamie that might be a little unconventional for him next year, but oh I, I got an idea on that. But I, we wanted to start off with the Cardinals and some of the players that have performed well of late. We saw Zach Thompson pitch well again yesterday, and when I say pitch well, we're, we're talking relatively speaking. We're not talking about what you'd expect from Spencer Strider. We're, we're talking about within the confines or you know the vacuum of how good could Zach Thompson be after he went you know he was started off well in the bullpen he goes down to Memphis to get stretched out things don't really go well from a starting standpoint he comes back up he goes back to the bullpen now he's starting it all things considered he's pitched very well yeah. same thing for Dakota Hudson my question is to Cardinals fans though and listeners we'd love to hear your Uh-oh. thoughts on this Leave us a mic drop via the 101 ESPN app, and we're going to weave in your your thoughts throughout the course of the show today. But it got me thinking, Jamie, watching Zach Thompson pitch yesterday and considering Dakota Hudson and you know how, how good he has looked of late, are you guys concerned at all that these guys pitching well will, will alter the game plan for the front office? Because the front office, you know, John Mozeliak has talked about, we're gonna get, we're looking for three starters this offseason. He didn't, he didn't specify which three starters, of course. And he did the old, uh, the look over here last year by saying we needed to get a couple of starters, but he counted Adam Wainwright as one of those right, guys. Right, right. So we don't know if he's Tricky moving, guy. if he's moving the 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 cups around, uh-huh. right? It's the sleight of hand trick. But you ever played those games, by the way? I remember no. playing that. Um, you know, follow the queen mm-hmm. in New York City. They set up at their little table, and there's like, they're good. How'd you do? Not great. Well, you think you've got it, but I don't. I didn't accuse the guy of like cheating, even though I knew he was cheating. I know he was palming another card, and he was moving them around, and then he would palm the card. So the queen was actually never there. Ah. So he's a con artist. Yeah. Yeah. So you're yeah. calling Mo a con artist. That's kind of what. That's yeah. kind of where I was. Uh, yeah. You know. It's not a bad analogy. So yeah. it actually plays in perfectly to my my yeah. question here. How concerned are you that these guys will alter the game plan? 
I also am going to throw the, the, the reverse factor on here. You could also say, hey, these guys were drafted and developed within these organization, within this organization. Why is it a bad thing that they're pitching well? Where are you on this when you think about it from that perspective? Um, here's where I'm at. Truthfully on it is that Mo has to go get three starters anyways. He goes, go get three. Mm-hmm. That's it. Not, not from within either. Three starters that are not currently wearing a Cardinals uniform. And then if Dakota Hudson and Zach Thompson compete, like, you know what, next year at spring training, that is a good problem to have. You can relegate someone to the bullpen. Hey, you know, maybe it's a, a an innings eater, a mm-hmm. mid-relief guy coming in for two, three innings in the yep. middle of the game. Someone has a rough outing, go four innings with Dakota Hudson. Stays, you know, somewhat stretched out. Get him back into the bullpen after his innings. Get him out, see how many pitches he can get to. Keep him going like a starter, but use him in the bullpen. Or Zach Thompson, either way. But what a luxury it would be to have to go get three starters, have Michaelis and Matt's. Matt's still got a question mark surrounding him because of the way he hasn't been able to stay healthy. Then you add Thompson and Hudson. And then what about McGreevy, Graceffo, Libertor? Like, you have 10 legitimate options to whittle it down to five. I like that better than having five and you have four. <laughs> or <laughs> like, two. Like this year where you thought you had six, but you had four. Right. And they all Ish. took turns. Yeah, they all took turns not, yeah. not also pitching so, well. I stay the course. If I'm John Mozeliak, I stay the course. Like Truthfully, though, mm-hmm. go and get three starters that, again, are not wearing Cardinals uniforms yeah. right now. And then if your young guys step up and grab the moment, that's that is the gravy right there. You got a cost control pitcher now who's pushed his way into the rotation. This is what it's supposed to be like. Okay, so I completely agree with that. Okay, here we go. You but. also you also need a bullpen. You need to revamp the bullpen. So if some of these guys, like you said, wind up being kind of the runoff, we'll call it in spring training, where. Mo is aggressive in free agency or with, with trades. He brings in three outside pitchers, goes into spring training. All he's got, not everybody's going to pitch well, not everybody's going to be healthy, but you have some runoff, let's call it. And Dakota Hudson winds up going to your bullpen next year, or Zach Thompson's your bullpen. Okay, great. Jamie, we're in lockstep. I agree. Also, not what I asked you, though. What? Would you ask me? How concerned are you that Mo will look at the way these guys are pitching? And alter his game plan in the offseason. Because uh, I agree what what I would like to see. I agree with you yeah. on what we'd like to see him do. So that's Jamie Rivers and Anthony Stalter talking. But are you concerned as a fan that he'll say, Bob, you know, Dakota Hudson, uh, he pitched pretty well last year. He's going to be our three. And Here's where I think it goes sideways for the Cardinals this offseason is that they go and they – they make a big push for a number one or an ace or whatever. And then when the price tag comes back to them, they go, oh, bleep. We, we're we going to have to pony up. We need a guy like this, but this is way more than we want to spend. So remember that third starter we talked about? <laughs> Internally, we've got competition. We're not going to get another guy for eight, nine, ten million or whatever the heck it's going to cost me. I've got cost-controlled youngsters that are going to compete like hell for this spot. That's where I feel like it's going to go. To where the price tag will get too hefty. Even after one pitcher, the next two that he's talking about might come from the internal competition. That's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. 
I, I can totally see that happening where they look at the price tag for that number one, and maybe they do get that number one. I personally, I want to, the more I think about it, I wouldn't hate if they just went out and not get reclamation projects, but get guys on short-term deals mm-hmm. enough time to allow your internal guys to then become, or at least what you hope they become in your starting rotation. You get, you buy enough time for Tink Hens to, to get a part of this rotation because when I look at this roster, this roster is not winning a World Series next year. They're just not. I don't care how much what pitchy pitching they have. They're they're not. They don't do they do not stack up against the Braves, the Astros, any of these teams. Not could yet. they could they compete for a for a central division title with some better pitching? Absolutely. And then of course, but that's but that's what we're used to, right? We've been used to that for the last 10 years, right? Yeah. So, I would rather them Go out, get that number one guy, spend a little bit of money, and then maybe get lower, lower, uh, it'd be lower cost, and it would be lower um, on the term too. That way, you're not stuck with these contracts. That's what that's what been the that's been the problem for Mo in pitching is that he ends up signing these guys for longer than we than he probably should. Yeah, I think that applies to a lot of these guys. But I, you know, Marsh, going back to what you said about free agency. If if he does if he comes up empty on an ace, which look he, to Jamie's point, he better be in on Nola. He mm-hmm. better be in on Urias. He better be in on Snell. He better be in on whoever. But if he comes up empty because these guys yeah. go different way, go different routes, I don't mind the one or two year contract. I don't either. I don't want him to overpay for a guy that won't be that good just yeah. because he feels like he has to because we have to win next year. Right. We have to get back. No, we don't. You don't have to sign everybody for four or five years. Yeah, don't There's screw a- yourself for an extra five years because you feel like you have to compete next season right. because, oh, we got one more year of Goldschmidt left. Mm-hmm. Arenado's getting... He's getting mad. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can also... <laughs> I like, I like though. I like the passion, but you you can't you can sign guys for one or two, one or two years. One the problem year, is, is that there's competition for that player, and other teams come in offering a three or four year deal. Sure, you're gonna well you're you're gonna you're gonna price yourself out of certain markets. So Sonny Gray is not gonna take probably not gonna take a two year deal. Kenta Maeda is probably not gonna take a two year deal. Lucas Giolito will not take a two year deal, but. You look at some of these guys, a little bit older, maybe coming off an injured injured season. Oh, but boy, Anthony, I'm tired of the misfit toys. I'm with you, but if you can't get what you're looking, well, I, if you can't get what you need, which is an ace, then what is the pivot? And it, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be salty about uh, a, a pivot to to two year contracts, one year contracts. I'd be fine with it. You but catch the lightning in a bottle. Right. Like it can't it can't be. The low hanging fruit, and and we think we're getting crazy. If it's Rich Hill, I think we flip we flip chairs. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and you know that's the type of player that it's going to be. Then we we storm the castle. Like if it's someone who's coming off an injury or someone who had a down year, and just but they've had really good success or they have high end stuff in the past, you want to throw them a one year deal? Like mm-hmm. I, I'm way more intrigued by that. Especially if you can land one of those aces. Like if you if you land one of those aces, what do you think the odds are? Honestly, guys, right here, just the three of us. Okay, do we really think the Cardinals? No. Well, wait, 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 wait. Do we think they'll actually truly be all in on one of these guys? No. Or will they say they tried and say. fell short? I think they'll say it. 
I yeah. I get the impression how I view the Cardinals. Well, you know, sometimes the Otani injury really changed the way that uh, we wanted to go about this free agency. You know, there's a lot of different teams uh, that we're in on. We tried. You know, and, uh, you know some of the pitchers. Other ideas. I I I picture the Cardinals sometimes. <laughs> the front office, like the you know the Dewitts, Mo Gersh, and and one of the Dewitts goes, well, just you know, just tell them the Cardinals are interested. Just tell them the Cardinals. Cardinals, call call. He'll take less. Mo's got that little cup with a string. He's got guys across the country. <laughs> it's the Cardinals calling. It's Cardinals. What do you think? No, you're nowhere in the market of what the Yankees and the Red Sox and everybody else are offering. Yeah, but it's, it's Cardinals. It's Car- like I I I picture those guys, and maybe I'm way off, and I'm being I'm being a jerk about this, but I just get the sense that they're still kind of stuck in like. The early 2000s or the mid 2000s of where the Cardinals getting old on the phone, telling the Cardinals are calling them. <laughs> and four year, four years, fifty mil. You know, like something ridiculous. <laughs> Who he would be, and then afterwards, would be like per season. Yeah, no, and then total. afterwards, saying to the fan base, "Hey, we did this close getting Nola when they actually weren't." That's how I picture things sometimes. Well, you know, we almost got David Price. Almost got which, David actually, Price. thank God actually, that didn't work yeah. out. By the way, we're getting, uh, at least me, uh, from 314, did Mo take over Marshy? He's spouting the same BS. Next tier, wow. lower AAV, fewer years, WTF, my guy. Here's the thing. I understand where you're coming from. I understand. But I would rather them spend two years on a guy like Nathan Uvalde Right, who's actually been pitching pretty decently this year compared to spending five years on a guy or four years on a guy like eh, Mike Leak. Like Mike Leak. There we go. I was yeah. going to say maybe a current pitcher on the team right now, but I decided you can't know, live in the past, guys. To not, but I would, I would rather do that. You, you realize that guys can still pitch pitch well on one and two year contracts, 100%. right? Like what? I think that's a sm- and if, yeah. And I if it, 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 six years minimum. No, it, guys, uh, let me dispel something here. You can actually still pitch well. Uh, on a one or two year contract, and if they prove to you that they're consistent, then you maybe resign them. Or if you see, or you don't, or you don't, you get you. And then Tink Hintz is ready. Look, look at look at what the Giants did with Rodon. He was coming off an injury. They they signed him to a two year deal, but the second year was a player option, and he was an all star that year. He was great for them, mm-hmm. and he opted out. And the Yankees came a calling through Brink, you know, Brinks, they parked a Brinks truck right on his lawn. And now look at it. Get get one year or two years out of a guy and move on. Like you don't need to keep bringing these guys back because they 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 were good. You can let them you can let them walk. Imagine some of these other players if the Cardinals just let them walk. Yeah, you know what? We're just gonna hey, that's it. That's it for us. Thank you. Thank you for your one one year, two years, you're a good Cardinal. Those two years. You don't want me back? Market's a little steep for us. We wish you the best of luck. Let somebody else pay him. Yeah. I uh, like where your head's at today, Anthony. Thank you. You must have got a good sleep or something. <laughs> I got a, a look, I got a good sleep. I got a good workout in there at the MAC. Yep. You know, did I chest knew it. did chest today. Yeah, the chesticles today? Did the chest today. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Shohei Otani probably didn't go to get a good night's sleep last night, though. That's one. That's one person that probably not sleeping too well right now. Fine. I want to throw an idea at Jamie when it comes to Shohei Otani and his market. Answers yes. We'll sign him here with the Cardinals. Next on 101 ESPN.
We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I've been saying for weeks, guys, you need to prepare yourself for this. They're going to go out and get a level 2-3 starter, a Sunny Gray at best, and then rely on these other guys. They're just going to. you got Mats Michaelis, and you'll have a guy like Gray, and then you're going to have Hudson, Liberatore, Thompson, these types of guys in the back of the rotation. They're just not going to spend the money. They're just not. That's our guy Randy leaving Randy. leaving us leaving us a mic drop via the 101 ESPN app. We asked whether or not you are concerned about the Cardinals front office changing their approach based on how guys like Dakota Hudson and Zach Thompson are pitching. And there's two ways to look at it. You can say, yeah, that that is concerning because they're not going to be aggressive and they're never aggressive in free agency and we'll just wind up back in the same boat heading into next season or next spring training. And that that is discouraging. The other way to look at it is say, well, if those guys that grew up in this organization are pitching well, why is that a bad thing? So I was interested in it's bad in everybody's if they're not thoughts. ready. They're bad that, if like, they're not ready, and they're all. It's also bad if if Zach Thompson, and we don't know one way or another, but if Zach Thompson kind of tops out as like a fifth starter or a fourth starter when you need top end guys. Here's what I'm I'm going to ask you: <clears throat> Who right now in the Cardinals organization, youngsters, prospects? Mm-hmm slash current young roster players, pitchers rather, who profiles to be a number one or a number two? The only guy I feel good about like wagering on would be Tink Hens. So you got a lot of guys, so a lot of arms. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you got one guy. Right. I mean, and I'm probably wrong on that. Maybe it's somebody else, but... Some Chances. of those new arms we're not sure of. We don't know yeah. them well enough yet. And the Cardinals, Cardinals, quite honestly, probably don't know them well enough yet. Right. I mean, others have made this point. We've talked about it. At one point, the Cardinals could have had you know Jack Flaherty and Alex Reyes at the top of their at the top of their rotation. Everybody got excited about that, including myself. And look what happened. So, it, to Randy's point. I think there is, I think there should be some concern about the the approach for the Cardinals because it's it, it sleight of hand, like we were talking about. It's a look look over here with Cardinals seemingly every free agents uh, every free agency. Well, one guy that will uh, we could just cross cross him off then. Not that we probably had him on the list for the Cardinals and free agency, but one guy with just uh, an absolutely devastating hit to his market is Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani will be shut down for the rest of the season. He suffered a tear in the ulnar collateral ligament ligament on his le- on his right elbow in game 1 of a doubleheader yesterday for the Angels. He might need another Tommy John surgery. Now, his market will be fine from a hitting perspective, but what's what's the thing that we've talked about with Otani? He's the unicorn. Yeah, we haven't seen we haven't seen this since Babe Ruth, and this is this guy's even better. So what's his problem? What are they disclosing? He might not pitch next year. So what? Yes. If he needs Tommy John, it's the elbow. It's a creaky elbow. Is that what that was? If he if he needs Tommy, it like Marshy, 
pooping his pants over there. <laughs> he might. I mean, it's up, <laughs> for, up inter- for you. It's up yeah. for interpretation. It's a high-pitched squeaker no, over there. I mean, it would smell like you-know-what in here if that it was certainly the case. Would. And it has. It has before. It, has. it doesn't Something. right now, so I think it, we, it's safe to assume it was the squeaky elbow. Yeah. If, if he needs Tommy John, he's not pitching next year. Now he could play. He, he could pitch. He can hit. He could still be your number five in your rotation. <laughs> at some point, maybe at the, the end of the year. But he could. This this could potentially cost him a truckload of money. My question to you, though, is if you're Shohei, <clears throat> yeah. do you just sign a one-year deal? Yes. That's what I was thinking. Sign a one-year I mean, deal. It depends how much money he wants okay, and needs and all this stuff. Because every individual is different. If you're Shohei Otani and, you can, and you're looking at $500, 600000000 who knows what the hell the price tag would be for this guy. I believe it's somewhere in that neighborhood yeah between 500 and 600 million that money will still be there a year from now agreed but if you if you're Shohei Otani and you're like listen I don't really need 500 million I'm fine with 250 Mm -hmm. maybe he signs or 300 million maybe he signs a long-term deal and just takes less money doesn't care yeah maybe I'm sure the union would come knocking at his door going hey whoa whoa there Miss Lippy right slow down a little bit <laughs> you, know you I mean? need to reset this bar for everybody. Yeah. But yeah. if I'm Shohei Otani, I'm his agent. I'm what I would do is go. Okay, uh, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna go get Tommy John right now. Mm-hmm. Go, we get it done. And Anthony, I don't think I'm crazy in assuming that there would be a team out there that would still give him 500 million. And eat the first year of the contract, yeah. Just to have you know it you're for gonna, the next six years or seven years, whatever it is. And you know you're going to get, you know you're going to get him as a hitter. So it's not like you're losing a ton of value on it. Yeah, it's a good call. I don't know. I honestly don't know how much it's going to affect his market, right? Because if I'm a team with deep pockets like this, so let's just let's just walk with me, okay? I'm walking. Remember, we interlocked the fingers. Yes, of course. Way better than yeah. the other. It's kind of awkward. Mm-hmm. Um, the New York Mets. When did they say they were targeting? Being back in the conversation. Two years from now. Yeah. Yeah, good call. So why would Steve Cohen, who's got the p- deep pockets to the floor, not go, okay, we're we're not projecting to be a number one team next year. We t- we said we'd take a year to step back and have a look mm-hmm. and evaluate the landscape. Great. We're going to evaluate the landscape with Shohei Otani on the mend. Right. And then when we figure it out and we go get some other players during the course of time that – period of time now we add Shohei Otani we're right there now yeah so that's why Steve Cohen to me is the wild card that's not going to care that's about a great call off. it's a great call and if you're Otani's agent too you can also say hey we want we want an opt-out after year two <clears throat> we won't do year one but opt-out after yeah, year but two I wouldn't give him that I'd tell him to go chase himself I say right now with, the, with the, the risk is on million? the club but the risk is on the club now it, I'll give you an opt-out after year four but year if, you're, five. if you're Otani, you might you might want to based on based on what what sort of contract you get. Well, I understand Otani might want it, but mm-hmm. if I'm Steve Cohen and I'm committing, oh, you're saying from the team's perspective, from the team's perspective, yeah. if I'm and I'm committing to an injured player, go chase yourself for the opt out in the mm-hmm. first couple of years. No, not going to happen. You want an opt out four years into the contract? Fine, fine. I ain't doing that crap until I know you're healthy and you can pitch for this team and play both positions for this team. Because I'm paying you, I'm paying two players here, and I'm only getting half of the product for at least the first year. Yeah. I I would I would like to think that he would sign with a team that has some that has a track record of winning because that he, that's what he cares about. He cares Did about you not winning. See the Mets way back when. <laughs> 
Keith Hernandez, Daryl Strawberry. Doc Gooden. Doc Gooden. Well, I wasn't born during, ah, uh, you missed during out, that man. era. Team. Hey, by the way. They don't win a World Series if if uh, that ball doesn't go right through Bill Buckner's legs. Very true. That, But that there was more made of it than that. There were a lot of other things. Just like the guy in Chicago there, Bartman. There are a lot of oh, other yeah. things that happened following that. Yeah, Gonzalez well, booted sure. the ball two two yeah. plays later at shortstop nah. for the Cubs. Nobody remembers I, that. I though. like to think they lost because of Steve Bartman. I know you do, buddy. Speaking of World Series, World Series MVP Steven Strasburg to retire. Yeah, mm. and he's going to make something stupid as far as money, like Man. thirty-five million, twenty-six million for the four years after that. Strasburg has pitched just thirty-one and a third innings in three seasons since signing a seven-year. $245 million deal after winning the World Series MVP in 2019. Wow. I'm not going to lie. I completely forgot that he was in Major League Baseball. Yeah. I completely forgot about him. I just thought he was injured. And and why wouldn't you? Yeah. Because he's been injured most of his career. Uh, It's Fastlane on 101 at ESPN. I thought there was one other thing that I wanted to throw out there. Oh, yeah. Otani. I think the Angels, if he winds up having Tommy John, I think the Angels are on the hook for that. What do you mean? I think the Angels have to pay for that surgery. Oh, yeah, they do. <laughs> what about the Angels keeping? Do you think him? they care about that, Anthony? Well, like, dude, that's a drop in the bucket. You could have traded him. Oh, I get it, but it's still a drop in the bucket. They got sure, but Anthony, like, they got this what thing else could go insurance. wrong? What else could go wrong? Is what I'm saying. I yeah. think Mike Trout just got injured again. He did. Yesterday. He's going back on the IL. This Man, the good thing nightmare. they kept Otani. I, I, I will never. Ever, ever not mm. rub the salt in the wound for that dumb <sighs> move. Yeah, as not uh, great. Squints once said in the Sandlot, "I blame myself." <laughs> yeah, you should, Mar- Marshy. Marshy did. You're this. personally responsible for the Angels just collapse over the next three, four yeah, years. That's a good call. Actually, I don't think I don't think it was Squints. It might have been Yeah, Yeah that said that. Uh, I don't know. It was one of the yeah. two. Uh, all right, let's do some NFL four downs next on One Hundred and One ESPN. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, treks, Envision, Azek, and decorators to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Stop by and see Hackman's expanded paint department, too, with brushes, rollers, painter's tape, and four different lines of interior and exterior paint. Custom color match available. Visit Hackman Lumber's newly remodeled stores in St. Peter's and Pacific, or their showroom in Troy, Missouri. Hackman Lumber. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
Let's do some NFL four downs here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter, Andrew Marsh. By the way, uh, we were just talking about this in the break. Thanks to the the text line, it was uh, Timmy Timmons was the one from the Sandlot to oh, uh, to say T. that. Yes, Timmy yeah. and Tommy Timmons. T squared. T sizzle. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was after the it was the vacuum one. Yeah, the vacuum one that yeah, and then he was sta- he was standing there after what? yeah they're trying to get the ball back and oh yeah, yeah. okay he's, I know what you're talking about yeah he's standing there he's like I I blame myself classic he should have. I, I like that kid. He took accountability. He did. It's about time. It's about time that somebody did. No kidding. First down. All right, gentlemen. Trey Lance. He uh, well, he is not having a, a great week for Why? sure. Well, uh, he he's what been demoted. Happened? He's been demoted in San Francisco. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Uh, that's that's very fair. What team, if the 49ers are to move away from Trey Lance, what team best suits Trey Lance? We don't know, um, because we don't know what he is. I would just send him to the Falcons. He's a quarterback, Anthony. Send well, him to the Falcons. Yeah, and a human being, among other things. Honestly, uh, I think the Falcons. I mean, they're so unsure at the quarterback position that I'm sure they'd take a flyer on him. They're not unsure. They got Desmond Ritter. Like I said, Anthony. The only okay, signal maybe they're caller. Not unsure, we are. Okay. He's got to go to a team that is going to be incredibly patient. This kid has not played a lot of football, not only over the last couple of years, but his entire life. I was talking to Rocchio, who produces the opening drive for us, and he mentioned a statistic that Randy Carricker had mentioned on their show, that Trey Lance has as many attempts in high school, college, and the pros as Geno Smith had attempts a year ago for the Seahawks. The kid hasn't played a lot of football. Oh, he played 19 games in college. Right. They must have been really friggin' good, though. Okay, Anthony, here's where I think the system's very flawed. And I don't mean to cut you off if you had a thought, but you know me and my head trauma. I'll forget this in two seconds from now. You gotta get it out. I gotta get it out, yeah. What the hell is wrong with the scouting system in the NFL to where a guy plays 19 college games and he gets drafted in the top five? Mm Mm-hmm. And he's not good, or he's not ready, or he's not able. The San Francisco 49ers, they damn near sent the punter in to take snaps at the end of last year in the playoffs because their team's so good it didn't matter. Now Trey Lance can't even back up? That means something. There's a red flag from hell around this guy here's somehow. The, here's you're, you're right. The, the 49ers have told us everything that – we need to know about Trey Lance from their perspective, and I'll get into that in a second here. But remember, Trey Lance was starting for them a year ago, and they made the decision, hey, we got to get Jimmy Garoppolo back in the fold here. They didn't just make that decision. He was terrible. So they're like, hey, he, he let's bring him back. He made that decision for them. Yes, and I think he got hurt at one point, too, unless that was his rookie year. Either way. He was hurt again last year. So so much so that's why Brock Purdy didn't have a backup in the last game. Right. Yeah, they were excited. I think street, he got injured street. week one they or week two. They sent him yeah, out there I think it was week, week two. two with one arm for three quarters of football. Right. But they the 49ers made a decision. I think it was maybe in a preseason game. They were like, we got to get we got to call Jimmy. Somebody call Jimmy G and apologize to him and get him to back to San Francisco. <laughs> Somebody do it. Somebody handle I don't care who it is. Bring him back. It was Kyle Shanahan. Probably. <laughs> but, but I've said this before. Trey Lance is not a fit for Kyle Shanahan's offense. He, John Lynch thought that Trey Lance would elevate Kyle Shanahan's offense. But he's he's the exact opposite 
of what Kyle Shanahan wants in a quarterback. This is why Sam Darnold won the backup job. Sam Darnold is not a carbon copy, but he's closer to what Brock Purdy does than than Trey Lance. You want your backup to be similar to your starter. Why? Starter gets hurt, you don't have to change the offense around. He's not a fit for Kyle Shanahan's offense. Shanahan knew it right from the get-go, but he got talked into it, taken to him. Or he got told. But Jamie, I want to go back. Yeah, we got told. But I want to go back real quick to what you said. It's not. It's not just NFL scouting. It's in every sport. Go to baseball. Kick and throw ninety-five. Doesn't know where the hell it's going. Doesn't matter. Ninety-five. You know, hockey. I'm sure there's an equivalent there. When it comes to football, teams are desperate for quarterbacks. Any quarterback. Be our savior, please, God, somebody. Right. Big kid, strong arm, athletic. There's a reason why multiple teams were interested in Trey Lance despite not playing a lot of football, not just the 49ers. No, I know. But that's where I just, like, something's flawed there. Yeah. And, and something's flawed, too, overall, because Trey Lance is not the first guy to have this happen to. How no. many guys have popped into the NFL as top five picks, and then they're just, they just can never hack it? And you're like, why? Yeah, bad teams, bad coaching, bad bad fit, you know? Uh, or bad you, player. Or, or, yeah, or kid can't play. Like, bad professional player. Yeah. Marsh, you had asked who who could who could be a fit. Again, it's got to be a team that's that's you know not going anywhere anytime mm-hmm. soon. Washington would be a uh, you know unless Sam Howell completely tears it yeah. up this year. I didn't say best NFL team. No, right. You just said best fit. Best fit. Well, yeah. Are you wanting a, team... a Kaka? I mean, oh, oh, we, we already have hey. a quarterback. We don't need him. But you never know how, how long AJ McCarron's going to play. He could be a Seattle Sea Dragon. Very true. Washington, Tampa would be a good fit for Trey Lance. Teams that uh, aren't expected, you know, L.A., the Rams, if... The the NFC South. Yes. (laughs) No. Well, the Panthers have their quarterback. Panthers got their quarterback. The Falcons apparently think they have theirs. The Saints have theirs. The Buccaneers, that's The Buccaneers have a good quarterback. Buccaneers would be perfect. If I was the Arizona Cardinals, I think I'd kick the tires on Trey Lance right now. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Yep. Second down. All right, guys, Caleb Williams the other day, and this is uh, via ESPN, suggested that he has not yet made the, the decision to leave Los Angeles after this season. He said that's uh, for sure now going to be the in-the-moment decision at the end of the year. Would it be dumb for Caleb Williams to stay another year at USC? Yes, it would be. I, I don't think so. Anthony. He's got an opportunity to get seriously paid off in the NFL. I know he's making NIL money, yeah. but he's got an opportunity to it's, go. He'll be in. He'll be a first pick overall, probably. Correct. The money that he's guaranteed from that alone is life changing. Yeah. He all he risk it for one more year of college, or some some guy from wherever. Yes, yeah, is lands never going to play a down in the NFL ever, and rolls up on his ankle or something. Yeah. Good call. Yeah, you're right. I was thinking more for Not the anything. NIL money you're and stuff like that. This. I don't know. No, you really so. are. Yeah. Well, most of the time I don't think so, but right. today, today I feel like you are. If today I feel you feel yeah, like I'm on my game, especially when it's football. Yeah, good call. Kids got to go to the NFL. Thank you. Get paid. Yes, it's all about third doubt. Somebody said that at one point. Yeah, I don't know. Somebody great, I'm sure. Uh, it was, uh, Andrew Brandt, probably. Clearly, not good news for the uh, for the Denver Broncos. Jerry Judy suffered an injury today. Will the Broncos have enough weapons for Russ to cook? Boy, Judge Judy has had a run, too. I mean, she has been going strong for I don't even know how many years. I go back oh, yeah, all the way, yeah. and it's been a long run. 
Yeah, this is... Uh, my favorite Judge Judy thing is when she says, um, don't pee on my leg and tell mm. me it's raining. Sure. So this, whatever injury she's got going on right uh, now, that's a tough one. Yeah, no, this is Jerry Judy, who plays uh, wide receiver for the Broncos. Oh. Yeah, oh. not Judge Judy. I could see why huh. he thought otherwise. Well, this just got awkward. Yeah, sorry about that. Mm-hmm. Well, I wish Judge Judy nothing but the best as well. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. She has had a hell of a run. Do the Broncos have... <laughs> Without without Judge Judy, do the Broncos have enough? If they, is that is that what the question is? Yeah, because I, I believe Tim Patrick also injured in the offseason or in camp. I like Dulwich, the tight end. When it comes to their wide receivers, they've got, you know, kind of the down downfield guy in Cortland Sutton. They drafted Marvin Mims in the second round. So if Mims can step up, you're you're you know, you're okay with that. The running backs with Javante Williams coming back healthy and Samaj P. Ryan, I think they're going to be okay. It's it's really about Russ not cooking. It's about him not turning the damn ball over. When you look at those Seahawks teams, it was him running around backyard football style, improvising, making things happen, and not turning the ball over. When he wanted to be a drop-back quarterback because he thought, I'm going to put up a whole bunch of yards and I'm going to win an MVP, it was turnover city. For about six weeks, he was co- he was cooking. MVP, this is it. Man, this is his season. And then as soon as teams started to figure out some of his weaknesses, sacks, turnovers, lost games, and Pete Carroll's like, I'm done with you. And he had a finger issue. Yeah, he did. That, that one year he did. That yeah. was a problem. Which yeah. finger? Yeah. I don't know. I actually, think it was, I I actually think it was his thumb. Was it his thumb? I don't know. To hell with it. Mm. I'm curious. Fourth down. You always are. All right, last one here, gentlemen. Uh, which uh, quarterback? Which quarterback is most likely to lose his starting job first? Oh wow! In the league. In the league. Uh, I have an never. answer. I think it's pretty, pretty obvious. Um, if it's that obvious. Hmm. Are you thinking ba- Shaky Bakey? Yes. Okay. But the problem with Shaky Bakey's situation is they have absolutely nothing behind him. No. So he might get an extended view just because they can't turn the ball over to Kyle Trask and whoever else they yeah. have there. I, I, yeah, Jamie brings up a good point on that one. I could see it. I could also see I had another one. What about Anthony Richardson? I was thinking about that too. I think they're going to take their time with him. I think if you're going to commit to him this early, I think they're willing to just kind of roll yeah. roll with the punches. No, the other one I was thinking of was I just had it. I think it was in the AFC. Um. Oh, Ryan Tannehill. Is oh, he even starting? I think he will be. I I didn't think he was going to be healthy. Am I wrong? He's not, he's still number one on their on their depth chart. Okay. I've been having a back and forth with a texter on our text line about Ryan Tannehill and the Tennessee Titans. Mm-hmm. I, I just I I don't think that they're going to be a great team this year because I don't trust their quarterback situation. Can you back me up on that, Anthony? Yeah, of course. <laughs> I don't think the Titans are a very good team overall. What is he is he excited because of DeAndre Hopkins? Uh, there first wasn't all, a specific first all, is reason. It, is it Brooke? No, it's not Brooke. Okay. I love Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel is an outstanding coach. 
So I think he gets he gets more out of his talent, and he hasn't had an ultra talented team over the years. I think he gets more out of his talent than any coach not named Mike Tomlin. I think he does a great job. Or Belichick. Or Belichick, certainly. I think they're an okay team. I think they got too many too too many issues defensively. Ryan Tannehill's fine. He is. He's fine. I mean, he, when he stepped in, you know, he saved their season the one year. Derrick Henry gets all the credit because Derrick Henry is their their star. But Ryan Tannehill played very well. I don't think the addition of DeAndre Hopkins. I think some Titans fans are like, "Well, this is it. Here we go. We're going to win the AFC South again." The Jaguars are still a team to beat in that that division. Yeah, I, I think agree. the Colts are going to be bad. I think the Texans are going to be improved but bad. So I can understand why Titans fans are like, "Yeah, you know, you never know." But I'm not a big fan of their O line either. I said that. Ryan Tannehill was the AFC version of Kirk Cousins, and that's what sparked oh. this conversation between me and the texter. So one of the greatest of all time. <laughs> well, you know, I won a Bart Starr Award. Yeah, well, I don't know if Ryan Tannehill, Tannehill has won a Bart uh, Starr Award, but uh, yeah, you know, Ryan Tannehill, had, you know, decent numbers, and yeah. but at the end of the day, I mean, he, he's fine. He's fine. I just don't think they're going to be that great this year. He's fine. All right, what would be what would you deem to be a successful offseason for the Cardinals? We'll get to that next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I think you guys are assuming that we're watching these games intently. Fortunately for us, it's not a requirement of our jobs to suffer. Um, having said that, I think in the past they would have tried to cheapskate it, but after getting a swift kick in the nads, this year they're going to have to do something, otherwise people aren't going to show up. That was Kevin leaving us a mic drop. You know, it is something, and we asked the question today, are you concerned at all as a Cardinals fan? that with some of these guys pitching well, including Dakota Hudson and Zach Thompson, that the front office will alter their game plan and say, ah, you know what, we're, we're fine. We'll just uh, we'll just add one or two starters. We don't have to spend a bunch of money. We're, we'll be good, and we'll, we'll roll with some of the internal options. You're concerned about that. But Kevin brings up a good point. Nobody's watching right now, and nobody's going to the ballpark. The message has been sent, and it will be con- it'll continue to be sent to the front office when it comes to those empty red seats at Bush Stadium. That'll be that when if I'm DeWitt, I don't ever want to see that again. I'm looking out and I'm seeing all the red, sea of red seats in August and September. Inexcusable. Cannot have this happen. You have a diehard fan base here that will show up usually rain or shine. But when it comes to a losing team, you put a losing product on the field, a bad product, a sloppy product, and this fan base goes, no, thank you. So Kevin brings up a good point. They're going to have to do something. The DeWitt's going to have to do something. They're going to have to open up the playbook or the uh, checkbook a little bit here to get it going. They're not going to do it. You son of a... I'm not being a jerk. Sounds like it. No, I'm not, Anthony. I, I just... I don't know. This has been the most difficult thing for me to wrap my brain around is will they or won't they open up the checkbook? And, and, and it's a legitimate question because they have, the DeWitt family has never been in this situation. Mm-hmm. As an ownership group of the Cardinals, they have never been in this situation. When did they buy the Cardinals? Oh boy, I don't know. 
When did they buy the Cardinals? Just text line. I don't know. Somebody. Bueller. Anyone. I, I, I don't think they owned the team before 98, did they? Before 98? Looks like 1995. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so. They purchased it for $150 million. Well, then we know that that's. It's crazy what it's worth now. So in 1998, I believe the Cardinals had a poor season. I believe that to be true. I think uh, BK was talking about that. And I'll believe BK. If he said it, it's it's true. He's done the work. 100%. And so, so the DeWitt family then has been through something kind of sort of like this once in their early tenure as owners. But since then, they have never been through this. So I don't know how they'll react. I don't know if they're going to open up the wallet, if they're going to make trades. How are they going to get to where they need to be when you're not accustomed to doing it? Mm-hmm. And that's where bad deals happen. That's where mishaps take place, is when you have a group of people that aren't used to being in this situation, and they go in a direction that they think is the right direction, and they make the wrong choice. Yeah. I don't know. I I just I flip flop back and forth, wondering to myself, what are they really going to do? Can John Mosaic drive this bus? Can he take this bus from in the gutter back onto the highway for Cardinals fans? I don't know. They're they're not usually the team that just keeps bidding up money to get what they want. So getting an ace or a number one is going to be maybe not even happening. Then what? Then the panic. Then the pivot. What's the pivot? Now the price has gone way up for a starter. Well, we were prepared to play twenty million. Well, it's twenty-eight million now. Mm-hmm. What do they do? How do they react? This is what tears me apart. Do you think if the ownership group in the front office was maybe a little bit more uh, forthcoming when it comes to how they construct this team, if they came out and just said, "Hey, listen, you know, we're probably not going to." spend big this offseason we're going to let our young players develop and maybe for a few seasons maybe one or two we're not as competitive as we usually are do you think fans would say ah crap like we're still not going to games do you think they'd want to go to the games to see the younger players oh if if they were if they were if they were being honest about the whole situation because doug armstrong came out very honest a lot of people still want to go see the Blues this year, even if they're not as competitive as they once were. This goes back to the communication thing we talked about quite a bit earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. That you know the Cardinals really never gave a a plan to the fans. What's your plan? I don't know. We're playing inconsistent baseball. We don't really know what the heck's going on. Right. You know. We don't want this to continue. We have your chance to win a pair of lawn tickets to see Shine Down with special guest Papa Roach next Sunday night, September 3rd at Hollywood Casino Amphitheater. Text in to score free tickets to Shine Down now at 314-399-9646. We just had a conversation about quarterbacks, and Marsh compared one quarterback in the AFC to Kirk Cousins. He said that he is the Kirk Cousins of the AFC. Which quarterback did Marsh was Marsh talking about? If you have the correct answer and you're the 101st texter to 314-399-9646, you have a chance to win those lawn tickets to see Shine Down with Papa Roach next Sunday. You can also find a bonus chance at winning free tickets for the show right now on the 101 mobile app. Get all the details at 101ESPN.com. Uh, just a, a, a side note here. The text line does a great job of always informing us of things. In 98, they were 
they didn't make the playoffs. I'm trying to find now where it balanced, but basically there were 83. They had 83 wins, but that was the Mark McGuire year. It was yeah. the home run year. Right. So nobody right. cared. Yeah, good call. The place was packed every night anyways. So yeah, they was, really, right. the DeWitts have never been in this situation. Good call. So All right. Text line, good work on that. We got Chris Gerber next on 101 ESPN. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's 3.05. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh. I'm Anthony Stolzer. Let's head to our celebrity line. We're joined by Chris Kerber, voice of the blues, fresh off his trip to London. What's up, Kerbs? Fellas, I'm doing great. Uh, I'm actually standing here in St. Louis Home Fires with my buddy Frank Schmur. You know he's a great sponsor at, at 101, and uh, he's he's working up a plan and a promotion for everybody to, uh, to maybe – Bruce, up your fireplace with gas logs, a great gift for your wife. So uh, we're planning that and having a good time talking barbecue and, uh, and, and fire pits. All right, good man. Hey, anytime you can talk barbecue. Real, and... real quick. Yeah, real quick. I'm going to share a real quick story for you, if you will. All right? Sure. So we, we when I moved into our house, we had a gas fireplace that was originally in there from uh, when it was built. Turns out it was, it was Frank's company here, St. Louis Home Fires, that had put it in. I wanted wood burning, so I switched it after like the first year to wood burning, right? And then the fireplace got old. Last year, came in, said, "Man, we got to kind of fix this up." And I was looking at redoing the whole thing, and Frank looked right at me, and he goes, "Why don't you have go back to gas burning?" I go, "Because I like the sound of uh, of, of the of the wood." He goes, "Yeah, I get that." He goes, "But it's winter. How many times is your wife going to go out there and build a fire? You know, come in in the winter and build a fire?" I go, "Probably none." He goes, "Trust me on this." I said, "Okay." So we kept it gas burning. We put a new front on it, did all that stuff, put the new gas burning logs that they've got, which is amazing in there, Mm -hmm. right? I'm going to tell you something. Since we did that last winter, there's been more fires in my fireplace since last winter than it was in the 15 years we've lived in the house. Nice. Just just from that simple thing. So we were talking with Frank, and uh, it's going to be be a great promotion for one-on-one listeners, I think. It's going to be awesome. It's It's a fun story to share because he's absolutely right. I don't know about your guys' wives, but mine aren't. Mine wasn't likely to go out in the middle of winter and get a couple logs to keep a fire going. No, I agree, Curbs. The house I, I live in currently, 
has a gas fireplace, and I've always been a wood burning guy. You know, I'm a yep. guy from Canada. We build our fires. <laughs> no, not now. Really, With our bare hands. I flip that little switch, and that bad boy comes on, and I love it to death. It's <laughs> awesome. Hey, uh, listen. Uh, on on the other front, the, the London front. If you guys ever get a chance to go over, just as sports fans, even if you're not soccer fans, but to experience what Premier League soccer is like in some of the different stadiums in London. Like, it is truly an experience, I think. Much like I believe a sports fan in the United States needs to go to Talladega or Daytona and experience that part of Americana. Premier League soccer is an, is, is is absolutely an experience to go see. So I, I've been uh, – I've. I've been told that. I've heard that. I've read that. What it, What is different from your your viewpoint, Curbs, when it comes to you know Premier League soccer versus and we we love our city team. What's yeah. the difference though from your from your viewpoint now that you've seen it live? Well, it's just first off that sport is ingrained in their culture like baseball is here. You know, we, I, I've become a huge fan of Fulham, and, and we went and saw Fulham play Brentford's. At, at Craven Cottage, that's London's oldest club. They go back to the eighteen, you know, eighteen eighties, eighteen nineties, right? I mean, so it, it's entrenched in the culture. But the, the other thing too, you realize is like, so when you see like Chelsea play West Ham, that's not like St. Louis playing Chicago. I mean, it is from a rivalry standpoint, okay, but but they're literally separated by three or four miles. It, it would be like having a team in Chesterfield playing a team in Clayton in a big stadium, right? I mean, it's th- that's how entrenched their neighborhood clubs that have just become big part of the soccer thing. So the rivalry, the hatreds, the, 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 um, is, I mean, it is literally can be, can be divided by a line down the street, uh, sometimes. And, and I think that that gets brought to the games. And then also the fact that, as you know, the way those, the English sports and the European sports have relegation, which uh, still blows my mind. I mean, could you imagine the Chicago Blackhawks not in the National Hockey League this year? They'd have to go to the American Hockey League because they were one of the bottom three teams last year. That's what happens. So when a team comes up, it's a challenge for them to stay, and, and, and it just creates a whole other level of uh, anxiety. So that, and again, like I said, just the fact that it's so entrenched in their cultures that you've got 46, 48 matches in a season, 20-something at home, every one of them becomes an event. I mean, look, we saw, saw Chelsea play West Ham. And West I mean, and now that at Olympic Stadium, that was insane. And West Ham beat Chelsea. This was game two. This was their home opener. And when the fans were walking out, you, you'd have thought they just won the first round of the playoff. Like, it was, it was crazy. Curbs, what do, you think, what do you think the difference is, or why is there such a difference in the fandom when you go – over to Europe or, or, you know, those areas there. Because I played here, obviously, in the NHL and then played over in Europe, and the European fans are almost all like the soccer fans. They're chanting and dancing and singing and pounding on the drum the whole entire game. Whether they're 10 years old or 65, 70 years old in the crowd, everybody's involved. But yet, you know, you come across the pond here in the United States and it's a little more reserved. Why do you think there's that difference? Yeah, and... It's a great question, and, and 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 especially since everything that we do here in the United States at a game now seems to be around hyping the fans up at every moment of every game, right? And that that wasn't the case. I mean, they don't even have replays 
uh, on and, and some of these don't have video boards that are. I mean, so some people here might have TVs in their living rooms bigger than the video boards in some of these uh, some of these soccer stadiums. I I, uh, I don't know the answer to that one. Now, but here's the flip side. You know, the other thing, like like you go to a Cardinal game, a Blues game, a City game, or you know, around these leagues, everybody is showing up in the gear, right? That wasn't the case over there. You know, like they, they sell jerseys and people had scarves, but there was a lot less gear wearing. That, you know that that was around there, but um, I think it, it, I, the only explanation I could really come up with is it's just it's just got to be the cultural experience of of that sport, you know, because it it just uh, maybe we I don't know I, I don't it it is a big difference and and you're right I, I, it's just got to be a cultural thing because well shoot even you go down to some of the the games that like if, if you go into south america you you've got the same kind of chanting thing and, and stuff it's but you're right it's different i wish i had a better answer than a rambling one uh curbs we had jr on yesterday and we were talking to him about you know whether or not the blues or when the blues are going to name a captain and jr noted well you know we're just going to have to see on that because army indicated that he was going to kind of talk to some veterans and see if there's uh, even a need for a captain in today's nhl what are your thoughts on that uh if if i was going to be on the opposite end of a spectrum with army on any topic it would be that one uh i i didn't like you know i i, I think you need a captain um now i've also learned over the years to believe that the only time the captain – I shouldn't say the only time it matters. The only time it's got the, the, the biggest how – how do I say this? The captain's only a problem is if, if it's the wrong guy, mm-hmm. right? And you, can, and, and you can make it the wrong guy, okay? But I think every single team needs a captain, and I actually believe it's even more important to have the captain when you're dealing with young players and bringing young kids along because I – like I believe that young players, when they come to the rink or the field, they need to know their role. They need to know their routine. They've got to have somebody that pulls them in check and say, "No, get out of there." You know, Mike Dillinger walking through the 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 exercise room after a game, looking at a bunch of young players on a bike, saying, "If you guys got that much energy out there, you didn't give enough for us on the ice during the sixty minutes." As he cracked open a Bud Light in front of him, right? <laughs> uh, there's. I just, I just believe that that is so important for the young players to learn it the right way. And so for me, I, it's, to me, a clear-cut choice is Braden Shen, right? Or I'm looking at a, a, a Justin Falk, a Tori Kruger, a Colton Pareko. Uh, I, I believe it's a, a, a critically important part of this. And I don't care if it's a captain for a year or two, because maybe you're thinking two years down the road, it, you, you pass it off to, to, to Robert Thomas or whomever. Who knows? But I absolutely am picking a captain for this year if it, if it were up to me. Yeah, Curbs, I, I echoed almost everything you said I, yesterday when we talked about it, and I, I agree with you. It's imperative that a team that's, you know, we'll call it retooling with some younger players, it's imperative you have that one figure on the team that is the leader. Braden Shen, for me, is a clear-cut choice uh, beyond yep. all of them. Uh, I'm watching him at these summer skates and the way he's organizing things and the, the standard that he's setting out there. Like, I understand he doesn't need the letter on his chest, but for me, he's earned that letter on his chest. And if it's a year or two years, it doesn't matter. You know, I don't know when it became attached to a contract because back in the day – like when I first came in the NHL, the captain was your your captain. If it, if he was there for a year and he got traded, 
so be it. If he was there for two years because his contract ran out, so be it. While he was there, though, he was clearly the captain, and I don't know why that changed over the course of time. Well, and then the flip side is when it comes to the veteran guys, like like when I first got here, Jamie Pronger was the captain. But but make no mistake that it was Al McInnes' room in many ways, right? Oh, yeah. And that's not knocking Pronger. Okay, listen, Alex, uh, Alex Petrangelo was the captain of the St. Louis Blues. Make no mistake of the importance and impact of Alexander Steen, right? Yep. It, it, it's that kind of it's that kind of thing there for me uh, when it comes to this topic. So that's why the leadership committee is important. Look, a couple of years, actually, the cup year, Doug Armstrong in November went in and they had meetings in, in Vancouver. And he told Alexander Steen and these guys, hey, guys, look, we're going to, you know, bring some other kids into this, into the mixture here. And, and kind of turned this over, told Steiner, I need you to still be you and do your thing, but we got to get some other young kids, some voices here. And then that's when they pulled Pareko and started bringing some young guys into that leadership discussion, which is important for their development. I, I think it's, it's critically important to have that one voice to go and, and, and to show the right way. And, and Braden, I'm, I'm, listen, I'm with you on Braden Shen. Guys, when there's a team function, Braden Shen is there. Braden Shen has shown over the, his time here that – and there's something to – Ryan O'Reilly did this. You know, Steiner was this way. These guys, like, they, they, they bought into the history. They, they bought into the history of the team, and they understand kind of the guy. They understand you alumni, Jamie, and, and those and what it means and the relationships, and they've helped foster those from one year to the next and others. And, and to me, Braden Shen has, has demonstrated that. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll tell you when uh, – when, when Chris Zimmerman's wife passed away, you know, a, a few months ago, and they had this amazing celebration of life at uh, at at Stiefel Theater, two blues players showed up for that celebration of life: Braden Shen and Robert Thomas. Yeah, and I don't know that that guys. I, I got to promise you, and I don't know if that they even want me saying this, but I'm saying it. They, it's not that that was expected. You're just dealing with a couple of human beings there. For example, that one were in town and able to be there, but two understood the human element of the moment, and that's the qualities I want in a captain. Curbs, well said. Well said, and thank you for sharing that with us. Uh, Great stuff, Curbs. Welcome back to the U.S. Glad you had a great trip. We'll talk to you next week. We're getting close to to, to hockey. Oh, yep, we're getting close. We're on the air in about a month with our preseason opener. There you go. Looking forward to it. Yeah, one month from yesterday. One month from yesterday. Nice. Exactly. Curbs, thanks, buddy. Hey, real quick. Yeah. Real quick, sorry, I haven't I haven't a chance to do it with you. Jamie, welcome to the group. Uh, <laughs> Congratulations, bud. I haven't had, we Thank haven't had you. a chance to be on the air and talk about that yet. Yeah, no, so. thanks, man. I'm uh, I'm super excited. As you know, we've traveled before together and did a couple of games, and we've always had a good time. So I, I'm I'm stoked, man. I'm really excited. Since my since I've gotten to the Blues and the, the people we've had to work with, we've had the best traveling crew, and this is just going to keep it going. So uh, looking forward to it. Congratulations, hard work, well deserved, and. Uh, we'll check banks with you guys next week. Thanks, Curbs. I appreciate it. See you, Curbs. Right. Thanks. You got it, guys. All right. That's Chris Gerber, Voice of the Blues here on 101 ESPN. I'm so glad that uh, I'm taking over Synergy Hockey, too, as the, the main guy down there. You are? Yeah. Uh, there's a Rivers taking it over. Anthony Rivers, congratulations on the name change. Let's and go. I'm part of the family. Woo. Thanks, buddy. Yes, from 2035 to 2025. The clearing camp. That's exactly that what I had you sign. Yeah, you got to read stuff. You're legally changing your name. You got to read stuff. Wow. Yeah. 
I can't read without my glasses. Well, that's why I put it in front of you <laughs> when you didn't have your glasses on. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Salter, it's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. More of your mic drops coming up next on the Cardinals. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, I'm 100% upset that these guys are going to mess up the game plan. Mo's going to be like, well, we need three starters. We're going to go get three starters. Now we're going to go get half a starter because that's what he's going to do. He's not. He's never going to spend money. He's going to go, hey, look, these guys showed that they were good enough last year. They could be good enough this year, and then they're going to fail. And then we're going to be in the exact same spot we are in right now. Mo is never going to wake up, but yet, you know, everybody thinks, well, especially BK, he thinks that, hey, you know, we haven't seen this before. We're not going to, we've never been through this. We don't know how he's going to react. I know exactly how Mo's going to react. He isn't going to get anybody. That's the 6-1 great here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Who's the 6-1 great? We changed his name. No, we didn't. Yes, we that did. That was him? Yeah, that was we the 6-1 We changed his great. name, and then he started He started texting in just the same stuff. Same stuff, so. I, I mean, don't even see well, we him didn't have a, We didn't have a... Anthony, we can't change everybody's name. We We're already changing change. your name. Hey, last name. Yeah, Anthony Rivers. We had a, I mean, it's not like we had a deal or anything. I, I, I just told him that I believed in him. Nobody has told no. Nobody has told him that I, that 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 they believe in him. And while I did trade him for a possum earlier in the year, I felt compelled to tell him that he's loved. Is he really now the six one great? Did I'm you change call, it, Marshall? I didn't him change that. it. He's still the six one hate on the okay. text line. I'm going to call him that because you know what? He called this. Did he just ricochet shot BK on that one? Absolutely. It wasn't even a ricochet shot. He, he, <laughs> he went straight right up for him. called him out. Yeah, he went right for him. What did he say? Because I was coming in from talking to Maggie there. and uh, He said that uh, BK has been stating that since Mo has not gone through something like this, i.e. a really bad season, mm. we don't know how Mo is going to react in the offseason. True. I will say this, though. We don't know. The six one great does well. I, I understand he feels a certain way, but he doesn't. Even the six one great doesn't know. Who knows? Who really, really knows? knows? <laughs> you know, I feel I feel compelled to say this again, though, Jamie. Uh oh, careful. You and I are. I feel like you and I are lockstep with this. What? Since when? It's not just a mo decision. No. It is a front office decision, and maybe the six one greatest is is just saying Mo, and he's he's using it using him and his name for you know it, the sweeping. Hey, it's the front office. Yeah, but it really is. It come. It's not just Mo. Mo's got to Mo's got to sign the right guys, and he has not shown that he is capable in free agency of finding the right guy for the right deal. So he's got a lot to prove there. But when it comes to what his budget is going to be. That's ownership. That's the ownership. It's not well, Mo. The budget is. So the amount of money given to Mo is on ownership. Now, what Mo does with the money is on Mo. Is on Mo, exactly. That's it. And if, if ownership will not give him the right amount of money to get what he needs, then it's on Mo to take said money and go find the best players that he possibly can for what he's been given. Absolutely. And that's that. It's just the way it is. 
And if Mo picks the wrong guys, then that's on Mo. Correct. Like Stephen Matz, I guarantee that the DeWitts had to sign off on forty-four million. Mm-hmm. They're not just oh, here's a blank check. When it gets up around a hundred million, call us for permission. No, any any free agent signing that they're making of any significance runs through ownership. So they okayed forty-four million. Mo picked the player. Yeah. And if Steven Matz pitches for the remainder of his contract like he was recently, then that's a great find by Mo. Mm-hmm. But dot dot dot. If it looks like it did at the start of the season or the fact that he can't stay healthy, that's also on Mo. Yes. I, I mean, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. I would love to know. I don't I don't think that Mo is just getting a blank, blank check. No, there's no chance. Free, every free agency. You say what you want about the DeWitts. Yeah. They run a great business. Yes, they do. No right. great business owner or group just says, Highlight that. do whatever the hell you want. Highlight that word. You're right. Because it is a business, mm-hmm. and I think it's it's very difficult for some fans who you know they they wear the Cardinals gear and they go down the stadium and they feel they feel great and they feel like you know hey this is the, this team I am on this team right mm-hmm. I'm a fan I'm basically a stockholder like this is mine I think it's I think it's hard for some people to hear that and think about ownership not doing everything possible to make fans happy but you're right Jamie. There's a, there is a balance. They're they're running a business and dot dot dot. They're trying to run a successful business and put a good product on the field. They didn't this year. Here's where fans miss it or miss the boat. And this may be completely unpopular, and I might absolutely get torched on the text line in some the group fans. Chat. Some fans. Here's where some fans. Correct, Anthony. I appreciate you uh, doing that. You yeah. saved me at least ten hate texts. You got it, buddy. Here's where some fans uh, get it wrong. Um, one, they don't. They, they all claim to know it's a business, but they truly don't. And the reason they don't is because it doesn't matter to their pocketbook how the team does. So if they, they want ownership to be as erratic as they are, mm-hmm. and we're going to go for it, we're just, I don't care. Just, they're not thinking of a true business model. So for the DeWitts, they're passionate baseball people. Absolutely. They didn't buy the Cardinals to lose money. No, right. They didn't buy the Cardinals because it was a uh, a hobby. Mm-hmm. They bought the Cardinals to grow it into what it is now, which is way more than the $150 million they paid for it. But you know what? Good on them. Yeah. That means they run the business properly. But the problem that some fans have is realizing that it's a business for them. No different than if you own a paint shop or a sub shop, whatever it is. Just because you can go buy the greatest paint on the market, but your margins are terrible and you're losing money on it, doesn't matter, right? No, it does. You got to make money. You got to be able to bring food back for the family at the end of the month. So some fans just get carried away with the, we just make any decision, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Because they don't have to deal with the financial problems of a business going bad or going sideways. It's not on their wallet at all. Right. Well... the other thing too is that, and and we got Kyle Heber coming up, so we got to wrap this up. But Jamie, just like Hollywood is in a different stratosphere to to us, Hollywood we will never be in that that world. Speak for yourself. You were at one point, but we'll never be in that world. We don't. That's it. it it's it's almost like a, a fictional movie or something you read about. It's the same thing with with people like the Dewitts who built wealth. 
it's in a different world. You're talking about something complete. It's not like, hey, I'm rich. I'm just going to spend. These people built wealth. They built a legacy. Chances are we'll never do it. So I think I think that's kind of hard to grapple with as well. That that aspect of it. it's like you got a lot of money, man. Share it or buy this picture. They built wealth for a reason. For a reason, they have that mindset. All right, we got to get to Kyle Hebert. We'll, we'll uh, chat with the St. Louis City SC defender next on 101 ESPN. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter, and uh, it's been a while for me. I know you guys chatted with him last week when I was on vacation, but it's been a while for me to uh, chat with our next guest. Let's head to our celebrity line and talk to Kyle Hebert of St. Louis City SC. What's up, Kyle? Hey, what's up, Anthony? How's it going? Good, man. It's good to hear hear from you again. A huge win over the weekend. You guys pile up six goals. When it comes to the way that the the league is being played now or, or games for you guys are being played now in August compared to the spring when you guys started uh, in February and March, what's the biggest difference right now in the league? Yeah, I mean, I would say you could see it in the game with the the heat and the humidity, even with such, such a late kickoff. You had, in the second half, a lot of tired defenders, and then, you know, you're listening to, um, I think, you know, five substitutions usually. I think for some reason that game might have actually been six. So you're subbing all your attacking guys. So for the last 30 minutes of the game, you have a whole bunch of fresh attackers who just want to score goals against uh, an exhausted defense. And it was just cool to see some of those guys. Nico with two goals, Sam with two. Tim set the tone early with an attacking set piece. And then Tomash off the bench. So three goals coming from our subs, making a big-time impact for us. Kyle, I'm so intrigued by Sam Adenarin coming in here. He had been loaned out and comes back, and he has really played well. It's almost like he's come back with a brand-new confidence because I believe he's always had the ability, but watching him play out there right now, it's like he's taking control of the game. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's amazing how you can have the ability and then there's this it, sometimes can just be one moment or it can be an extended period of time where he was getting minutes with San Antonio. And he, he, I think he started to get his form again in terms of scoring goals. So he came back with all the same abilities. And even before he went out on loan, he was still a handful for the opposition. 
but he hadn't put the ball in the back of the net yet. And now I think he's got five goals and, and not a crazy amount of games, um, you know, one or two assists, along with just being an absolute presence up there for us when we need him most. Kyle Heber joining us right now on the Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Kyle, I know Jamie had asked you last week about Messi and his impact and what makes him special. And Inter-Miami is playing, uh, pl- playing very well now that they, they not only added him but other players. Uh, Kyle, I want to ask you, you're a smart guy. You, you, love, you love football. You, you're, you break things down so well for us. How would Kyle Hebert, the coach, defend Messi? If you had, if you had an opportunity, you're you're a coach. How would you defend him, and would you punish him every time you, he gets the ball? Him. Yeah, would you Physically would you send a message yeah. every time with physicality? <laughs> you know, guys, if Kyle Hebert, the coach, would send a message every time. Messi yes, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> and, and I would send that message. Um, I would turn the volume up on that message in the first 10 minutes and let him know what kind of game he'd be in for. Nice. nice. Okay, so I Kyle, like that. I, love the, I love the answer. I had said a couple of weeks ago that, you know, we, we have seen, we've seen the, the game, you know, the way it's played overseas. And all that. Is, there an, is there an American style that we can have for soccer where the game can be more physical or – Am I am I stretch? Am I like in La La Land because of the way the game is played and the rules and things like that? I I would love to see a team be be physical. Is it is it possible to be a physical team in soccer? Like really ramp it up? Yeah, you know there there you know there is only so far that you can ramp it up before kind of the rules of the game add those protections and those protections are a good thing with yellow yellows and red cards. Um, and then you're really getting punished for overexerting your physicality. But I think there are different brands of soccer or football around the globe where you'll see certain, especially you see that with the national teams, will have a certain style of play or a certain identity. And you see that with, with clubs as well. But you especially see that, I think, across countries and continents. There's just a lot of different ways to play the same game. Kyle, what exactly are the rules when it comes to yellow cards and red cards? Because I'm sitting here watching, and like, if I'm a player, I'd like to know how many free passes do I get before it hurts the team? Mm. Usually, and, and it kind of depends, because there's, there's moments where if you're in, endangering an opponent, they'll usually give a yellow, like you've really gone over the top with a challenge. Um, and then there's also yellow cards that will hit us on the back line more in transition where there'll be more of the call them like cynical yellow cards. So we'll have identified, hey, they're starting a counterattack. We're just going to shut this play down, and then the rest will give yellows for that. But other than that, if you're pressing high up the field, you're not really stopping a counter, you're not really you know, injuring the guy, you can probably pick up two or three of those fouls before the refs start to be like, okay, this guy um, – you know, he's, he keeps doing this over and over. And actually something they added in, we had a meeting with the heads of refereeing before the season began, is, you know, we joke about this stuff with Messi, but they crack down on that too. Because teams will be like, okay, if we're trying to send a message to somebody, we've got 10 guys on the field, let's just rotate who nails the guy. <laughs> and, and... I love it! But uh, the refs, the refs figured that one out. So before the year, they watched us through clips of a game. I forget which game we're watching. Um, 
they said it was you know, a star player maybe for the New England Revolution. They're, they're number 10. And I think Philadelphia was just rotating. You know, this guy nailed him, then this guy, and then the third guy, even though it was his first foul, the ref gave a yellow. And, you know, because they're like, look, we're trying to crack down on this for player protection. So, unfortunately, you know, maybe five years earlier, we really could have gotten away with that one. Uh, you didn't know, Kyle, but Jamie and I actually were coaches that day for Philadelphia. So <laughs> we're sorry about that. Uh, that was tough, but we thought we had a good game plan against them. Yeah, it was worth it was worth a shot, right? <laughs> so, Kyle, can a referee give a red card right away, or can, does he have? Is he obligated to go yellow card first? No, he can give a red right away. Dang You'll it. see that. Yeah, last guy on the back line or just a really, really bad uh, challenge. And uh, there was actually a challenge at the beginning of the Cincinnati game. We were five minutes into the game, and um, Edu Leuven, he tackles there, you know, number six or something. He's down on the ground, and this guy's leg is, like, opened, opened up, and there's blood coming down the leg. And I'm thinking, we're about to lose one of our best players in the first five minutes. And I just remember, because I'm standing there thinking, like, I don't remember the challenge being that bad, but I'm really hoping he doesn't get a red card. And then Tim walks over, and Tim points at the spot on the leg, and he goes, looks like that was there before. And, like, five Cincinnati players just freaked out. And t- I mean, Tim was just having a <laughs> Fortunately, it stayed, it stayed a yellow card, but it was a close one early in the game. That's great. That's awesome. A couple more things for Kyle Hebert here in the Fast Lane on 101 at ESPN. I think, Kyle, that you guys have played every club at this point or, or close to it. What – what is your call? What is what is City SC's calling card? You know, like what is the thing that separates you guys from everybody else that you have played now? Yeah, I think it's just being blue collar and then just bought into an identity of what we want to do. Like we've talked about many times, there's so many different ways to play the game, and you know, it's really less of a, a right or a wrong and more of just can you get 11 guys thinking the same thing of how, this is how we're going to play, this is how we're going to play with the ball and move, and this is how we're going to press against the ball. Um, there's nuances to that. It takes a lot of work, and especially our style is high energy, high pressing, and I think we've done a good job getting, getting buy-in throughout the club and throughout the guys. Well, Kyle, best of luck this weekend as you guys take on Orlando. We're looking forward to that matchup. It'll be 6.30 on uh, Saturday night, so looking forward to it. And, Kyle, we always appreciate you joining us, and thanks for having some fun with a couple of knuckleheads again. No, thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you, Kyle. We'll see you. All right. Talk later. It's Kyle Hebert here on 101 ESPN. Man, Jamie, I felt like we were close there. We were. I was – I was somewhat optimistic that you get a freebie. You I mean, know? I you know, I'm just kind of proud of Philadelphia for rotating players in That's that genius. one game that you're talking about, rotating just punishing their best player. Just one best guy player. at a time, yeah. Because there's got to be something. There's got to be something that we we can do to kind of narrow the gap between where we are from an American soccer standpoint versus obviously the top top teams worldwide. And I kind of thought it'd be you know, taking taking the head off of the the opponent's best player. Yeah, but you know, rules and stuff. The moment I found out you get a red card immediately, that ruined it. Yeah. What about it's maybe a lot just soccer purposefully kicking a ball right at somebody? 
They're already used to that. You know, we we saw we saw Crew do that in the longest yard. He throws a football right at the yeah yeah the re- well that was the referee exactly. But yeah. he was sending a message. He certainly he actually was. sent multiple messages. Right. Yeah, he did. Let me yeah. tell you something. That ball moves fast. When I was playing in Russia. One of the things they'd make us do is, you know, the off-ice training. It was crazy, by the way. We were working at like three, four times a day. And in the afternoon, we'd go into the gym, and we'd either play basketball or soccer. So the first time we'd go in there, we're playing basketball, and I'm kind of dominating. And these guys were not great basketball players, and I'm like, oh, and I felt like <laughs> LeBron at the time. <laughs> so the next day, we play indoor soccer. Mm. And I'm like, I can play soccer. I was, I was great at soccer when I was a kid. I get out there and like make a couple pass. All of a sudden, boom! This guy kicks a ball, goes by my face at about 110 miles an hour. I was like, hey, you know what? I'm going to just get the hell out of the way. <laughs> I'll be over here, guys. I don't need one of these guys hit me in the face with a soccer ball here yeah. today. So I kind of sort of was trying, but not really. Yeah. Just looking busy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you're sweating. Yeah. You're running full running, bore. Not quite getting there. You're, time. you're like yelling out stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah hey, hey, hey. hey, 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 hey well, listen, that was a non issue. I couldn't even understand my coach the entire time I was there. Well, that's what I'm every saying. Practice, you start, you know. Every drill, every power play, anything at all. He'd come in no and he would, nothing but rushing. Hey, did you always go I'd last like, right. at practice? No, he'd make me go first. I was on the you're first kidding. line. No. So. As the drill, <laughs> Marcy, I'm not kidding you. As the drill is happening, yeah. I'm trying to figure it out in my head. And then every now and then you'd get it wrong. Yeah. He'd blow the whistle and yell something in Russian. So I started to yell back cuss words at him in Russian. <laughs> and he was like looking at me. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Right. Yeah. What do you want me to do? They're like this Somebody American translator. Yeah, this American, he's a he's quite the drill buster. <laughs> I was. But then I remember we had one game where this guy, he wanted me to go out and fight this guy. They, I didn't know about it. It's like some, just one of these teams had like some kind of sort of Russian tough guy, and I was like, okay, whatever. And <laughs> he comes by me right after warm up, and speaks almost perfect English. Oh, and says, uh, "Hey, tonight I would like you to take care of that guy for us." I'm like, all of a sudden you oh, speak English. Now you now you speak English he when spent you need all me all week trying to figure out how to say that. No, wow. then, I, then I did a background <laughs> check on this guy, and he's been coaching the world junior team for like 20 years. So he's always in Canada, always in the United States, mm-hmm. all over the place. Oh, dude, Valerie Bragan. He's still the world junior coach. Wow. I was like, you son of a dude. You've Anyways. had a, you've had an interesting. Did you beat the guy? Oh, I beat the wheels off him. I almost got I got taken off the ice by the military that night. I'm not joking because the fans in that building were trying to kill me. It's a it's a an incredible story. Was that the fireworks story where they're shooting off fireworks in the? No, that was a different night. Okay, this night here, the army came on the ice to try and break up the fight that I created. Oh my gosh! And then they their fans surrounded our bus to leave. They wouldn't let mm-hmm. the bus leave because they wanted to kill me. And so the army had to walk me out to the bus while people were throwing things. And the bus, he just hit the gas. And I don't even know if he ran over people or whatever happened. <laughs> I, I got, out, I barely got out of that place alive. The actual Russian Red Army trying yeah. to take out Jamie. It was wild, man. But you still, you, you beat the brakes off that dude. Oh, yeah. It was, yeah. felt so good, too. Yeah. He was a mouthy little. <laughs> <laughs> it's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. More of your mic drops on the Cardinals and whether or not you're a little concerned now that the front office will kind of pivot with some of these young pitchers pitching well right now. We'll talk about that next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fastlane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
listening to Mo, I didn't hear any indication that they were going to spend more money. What he was saying was that money was coming off the books and that they would have, uh, they were reevaluating their assets and what they needed to do. So that didn't indicate to me that they were going to put out a lot of money on anybody. I, I just don't really believe it. That was Janet. We had asked for your mic drops today on whether or not you're concerned that the Cardinals or Mo DeWitt front office will kind of change your approach based on how certain guys pitch down the stretch, including Dakota Hudson, who has looked good, and Zach Thompson, who has looked good. Small sample size. We'll see how the season you know winds up for both guys. But Jamie, I'd kind of pitched this idea to you guys. Are you concerned at all that? Somebody in the front office, whether it's Mo or whoever, says, yeah, you know what, we we kind of got the internal answers here. We only need one starting pitcher instead of three, or two starting pitchers instead of three. Yeah, of course I'm concerned about that. Why wouldn't I be? What what would be there to prove me wrong? Nothing. So to, to a lot of the texters' thoughts and comments about, well, Mo's he doesn't know what to do. He's never been here before. Mm-hmm. It, they're right, but is it is this something where he can thrive? Is this is this an opportunity for John Mosaylock to change the narrative that is currently surrounding his name amongst Cardinals fans? Because I believe in the baseball world overall, John Mosaylock is held in pretty high regard for what he has been able to do here with the Cardinals for an extended period of time. There are a lot of GM slash presidents of baseball operations that would like to, as an organization, have the same success the Cardinals have. Define success, right? I get it. We haven't won a World Series. Uh, We've been to the NLCS, I believe, just once in the last, what, 10, 15 years? Uh, 2019. Yeah. 2013. Okay, so 10 years, tw- twice. Twice. No, so, oh, last 10 years, yeah. yeah. yeah but then, but years. before that, it was 2012, 2012 2011. 2011. Yeah, my point is is that the Pittsburgh Pirates president of baseball operations mm-hmm. probably holds John Mosey like in pretty high regard for what he's been able to continuously have success, even in the same division, you know, that kind of thing. But I want to see. I want to see what most made of. Is he what we – is he exactly what – most of the fan base is saying or is there something different inside that's going to kick in and he's going to shock us in a really good way Mm. and will the DeWitts financially back Back. his decisions good call I think when push comes to shove Mo and and I'm not I'm not necessarily declaring this good or bad but Jamie I feel like when when Mo Again, push comes to shove. Mo's gonna Mo's gonna be conservative. Mo is gonna make the conservative move. Is that because he wants to, or he's been forced to? I don't know. I don't know. I can't answer that. But I just in in my observation, Mo has always been the what's the safest option, as opposed to rocking the boat or you know maybe making a a truly savvy move. I think I think the Miles Michaelis contract was pretty savvy. It's not like Miles Michaelis was on it, the, the he, it wasn't like he was the slam dunk signing. No. Like the Phillies have done over the last couple of years, the Mets have done over the last couple of years, the Padres like taking that one guy the superstar, boom, got him. There's no talent in that. It's can I write the biggest check 
And do I have, am I in a market that's appealing? That's really what it comes down to. So what Dave Dombrowski has done in Philadelphia or what A.J. Preller has done in San Diego, in my opinion, isn't impressive. The owner says, hey, here you go. I'm going to write you a big uh, here you go, I'm a blank check. Go go get my guy. And he does. It, that's, that's not impressive to me. Winning, still finding ways to win with a smaller budget or through savvy moves, that's impressive. Mo, I think, even in the in this last trade deadline, let's go back to this last trade deadline. In our opinions, and we said this leading up, what was what was the bare minimum? What was the bare minimum that Mo needed to do, in our opinions? Get rid of the contracts that are expiring. Trade the expiring contracts. Yeah. And what did Mo do? He did it. He traded the expiring contracts. Yep. Didn't do anything else. No. I'm not saying he had to. I'm just saying there is there is always like the the path of what can I do that's just kind of will will satisfy what I need to do in this moment, and that's it. Needed a catcher last year. Gotcha, a catcher. We need one guy for the rotation. In their in their opinion, brought back Adam Wainwright. Good. Settle. Like there is just there's there's never that that wow factor that that shock factor. I know when he traded for Arenado, but Arenado. I wasn't even going to go there. I was going to go. What about the trade for Paul Goldschmidt? Because that one, the Arenado trade, almost seemed like it was formulated it, for the Cardinals specifically. I, th- I think the car. I think Goldschmidt falls in that same category. You, you think the Diamondbacks knew they were going to trade the, with the Cardinals? The, That's it. I think the Diamondbacks knew they had to, and the Cardinals knew they had to trade. They had to trade him. They weren't going to sign him. They weren't going to give him a big deal. He was on. He was on the market. I'm sure Goldschmidt had some say in where he wanted to go. Yeah. He gets the spring. He signed immediately. Immediately. Well, I know he got like, here and signed. Goldschmidt. Was, he didn't it, even get to the zoo yet. No, it was a car. It was, yeah, right. He was thinking it was in spring training. Oof. It was carbon. It was like a carbon copy cardinal. Yeah. You know, it's I, a safe. It's a safe move. He made it. Congre- credit him. Have you guys been blown away by any decision? No, I think there's a, there's a difference between what he can do with trades and what he can do in the off season with signing players. We want to say, well, you know, he's made. He got Goldie. He got Arenado. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. There's also another side of your job, and that's hitting on free agents. Yes. When you have the opportunity. And he hasn't. And he hasn't. Yeah. I couldn't tell you one that, that that that's hit in the last ten years. I would say Michaelis. I think Miles I think Miles Michaelis was a good deal. For sure. It has been a good deal. But he's he's not But it's still one. He's thing. not the sledgehammer to the fly. No, he's, he's not. He's a good but is it because he's not or he's not sav- allowed to? It's a savvy deal. Wow. Yeah. That's my biggest question. And and we've had that well, and there I you go. and and I think it's a really good question. All right, we gotta get to the gauntlet. We got a, a potential gauntlet trophy trying to, that could uh, be given on here. We're 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 freezing the kicker. Yeah, exactly. So uh <laughs> Good Marsh, luck, Marshy. you're up. Hey, Marshy, just remember, this guy's a really nice guy. He's a very nice guy. You know what we do with yeah. those guys, Marshy. Mm-hmm. That's next. I want to win ESPN. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Three warriors, four categories, 
one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? Brought to you by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com. All right, time for the gauntlet here in the fast lane on 101 ESPN, where it's 407. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Back for a third straight day. It's Mike. What's up, Mike? What's up, guys? Did you How's it going today? Did you sleep well last night? I did. I'm traveling today, so Marshy might have me on the ropes a bit, but I'm excited. Uh-oh. Okay. No. Mike, did you... Uh... Did you take it upon yourself to tell friends and family and people that you know that uh, today's gauntlet trophy on the line, that they should be listening? I mean, I might have got you guys an additional 100 to 200, you know, new listeners. So, yeah. Well, we like that. That's Absolutely. For sure. We appreciate that. <laughs> That's 100 more than we had yesterday. That's so. very true, Jamie. Yeah, there well you said. Go. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Mike, we know who your opponent is. It's going to be Marsh today. Gauntlet trophy on the line. Go ahead. Tell Marsh to spin that wheel, and then Marsh is going to get out of here. Eat it, Marshy. Marshy, spin that wheel and get out of here. All right, there you have it. The wheel right, so, has been spun. Mike, I have to know. With a trophy on the line, what category are you wanting? I mean, I want baseball again, but just like I told you yesterday, football wasn't it, and I got all four right, so we'll see how we do. Okay, which one is the one, though, that you really, you're sitting there going, I hope it doesn't land on this? Well, from my performance the other day, hockey. Right. It's not hockey. It's not hockey. It is not football. It's not football. I don't remember the last time we had this. Yeah, it's been a while. Random. Random tonight. Random oh, trivia. Oh, man. It's a tough one. Not going to lie. This is a tough one. But it's tough for both of you, I believe, at this point. Very true. Random okay. trivia for a gauntlet trophy. Mike, are you ready? <laughs> as ready as I can be. Here we go. <laughs> Question number one. The Barbie movie is now the second highest grossing film of 2023. What movie is the highest grossing film of 2023? Oppenheimer. Final answer. All right, Mike. Question two. I don't even know how you say this, Anthony. The Dallas Chaparrales turned into which current NBA team in 1973? Options. <laughs> yeah. The San Antonio Spurs, the Memphis Grizzlies, or the Dallas Mavericks? Oh, man. Let's go San Antonio Spurs. Final answer? Final answer, sorry. That's all right. All right, Mike. Question number three. People are advised not to eat shark meat because it is high in what toxic element? Mercury. Final answer. All right, Mike. Question number four. Last question. What is the most common poisonous snake in the state of Missouri? Oh. Options. Is it the copperhead, the cottonmouth, or the rattlesnake? It's the copperhead, and I should have known that. Final answer, copperhead. All right, let's get our guy Marshy in here. Mike, how you feeling? Oh, man. Average. 
average. Okay. Okay. Well, sometimes right. that's good. Yeah. Depends. Not right? as good as yesterday, that's for sure. Well, yeah. Yeah, you had every right to feel good about yesterday. All right, Marsh is back in our studio here. Marsh, mm-hmm. are you ready to defend the Gauntlet Trophy? I'm ready. Let's do it. Jamie? Well, you better pack a lunch. All right. All right. Marsh, today your category is random. Mm, don't love it, but... Random trivia. <laughs> don't you, love it. You and Mike had the same reaction. <laughs> Question number one, Marsh. Okay. The Barbie movie is now the second highest grossing film yeah. of 2023. Mm-hmm. What movie is the highest grossing film of 2023? You said it's the second? Barbie is the second highest grossing film. What movie is the highest grossing film of 2023? So we haven't had a random in a while, so that means these questions are probably slightly old. My slightly i mean you know a week old i just saw a few days ago that barbie overtook super mario bros as number one so i'm gonna say super mario bros is the answer to this question final answer all right marcy question two the dallas chaparrals turned into which current nba team in 1973 the what yeah the (laughs) chaparrals chaparrals would you like me to spell it for you? Although I did not spell it for Mike. No. What's I mean, the origin, Jamie? What? Just can you quiet. sound it out? I just did the best I can. Okay. Chaparral's. So they became what team in, in you said, 1973? Correct. Yeah, I'm going to need the options. All right. Was it the San Antonio Spurs, the Memphis Grizzlies, or the Dallas Mavericks? I don't think it was the Spurs because I saw that documentary when the Spurs took on the Flint Tropics, uh, and I believe that was before the 70s. So I'm going to rule out the Spurs. I believe they were part of the ABA too. Hmm. Um, Memphis was in Vancouver before they went to Memphis. However, I don't know if that Dallas team – I'm just going to say the Dallas Mavericks. Final answer? Final answer. It's probably wrong. Question three, Marsh. People are advised not to eat shark meat because it is high in what toxic element? Really? Am I supposed to eat shark meat? According to this question, no. Um, high, is it mercury maybe? I, I don't know. Options. Arsenic, lead, mercury. I mean, I I literally have no idea. I just said mercury, so let's just stick with mercury. Final answer. All right, Andrew. This is it. What is the most common poisonous snake in the state of Missouri? Hmm. I have no idea. Options. Is it the copperhead? The cottonmouth or the rattlesnake? I think it's the cottonmouth. So I'm going to go with cottonmouth, final answer. Let's go over these. Wow. I hated that. I'm not going to lie. Mike. Same, Marcy. Same. A gauntlet championship, nonetheless. A gauntlet championship. A gauntlet trophy is on the line for Mike. 
start off with question number one. The Barbie movie is now the second highest grossing film of 2023. What movie is the highest grossing film of 2023? Mike, you went with Oppenheimer. Marsh, you said that you thought that you had read an article recently that said Barbie actually overtook the Super Mario Bros. movie. Correct answer is... Well, Oppenheimer and Barbie were kind of tied at the hip there for a yeah. while. But it's the Super Mario Ow! Brothers movie. And Marsh, oh! and Marsh did not need the options on that. So wow. Marsh wow. has taken a 2-0 lead over Mike. Going to need that with oh. the rest of these questions. The Dallas Chaparrales turned into which current NBA team in 1973? You guys both used the options on this one. Mike, you went with the Spurs. Marsh, you went with the Mavericks. Correct answer is... San Antonio Spurs. Mike carves into the lead. But Marsh is still up 2-1 after two questions. Mm -hmm. People are advised not to eat shark meat because it is high in what toxic element? Marsh, you went mercury. Mike, you went mercury. Correct answer is... Well, arsenic sure would have been interesting, but it's mercury. Boom! Mike did not need the options on that. We are tied. We are tied at three apiece. Comes down to this question. This is it, Anthony. Comes down to this question. Oh, baby. I hate this category. (laughs) What is the most common poisonous snake in Missouri? Since it doesn't matter, I'll tell you guys now that both of you use the options. One of you is correct. Oh, baby. Marsh, you went with the cotton mouth. Mike, you went with Copperhead. If it's Copperhead, Mike collects a gauntlet trophy. If it's Cotton Mouth, Marsh can add a save to his column. Jamie, what is the most common poisonous snake in Missouri? The Copperhead. Mike, you have chosen wisely. Mike gets a gauntlet trophy. It came down to that question. And Mike, congratulations. You will forever remember the Copperhead Snake because it won you a gauntlet trophy today. Congrats, man. Thank you. Nice job. You could celebrate. You're on the road. I mean, what what a perfect day for Mike. It is. What a day. The lucky jingling in hand. Came to the rescue. There you go. Wow, nice. He gets to celebrate twice. He's on the road. He's on the then road. Then when he gets back with his family, they he can, can celebrate have another party. Then. It's like the Stanley Cup parties all over the place. <laughs> he'll, pro- <laughs> he'll probably FaceTime, too, at some point with his family. So, I would be. Yeah. Mike, congratulations. Good we'll job, get, Mike. We'll get your information so we can hand out a gauntlet trophy to you. Sounds good to me. Nice job. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. All right, guys. Take care. Take you care, too. buddy. See you, Mike. Bye-bye. There you have it. That's tough. That's a tough one. Mm. That's a tough one. We all blew it. We did. We all blew it. I blew it with 3,000. You really Yeah. I mean, this was a 7-8-9 Cardinals game. Jamie, you blew it with Georgia. I did. Such an idiot. Matthew Stanford. Such an idiot. Marsh. You chose Cottonmouth over Copperhead. How the hell am I supposed to know that? Uh, Where were you born? 
here, but I don't. Uh-huh. I don't like. You know what? I think one day I'm just going to look up what what's the most say? poisonous snake. I hate. Snakes. Do you like to golf, Andrew? I do like golfing. What do they say, look out for the copperheads. Don't go chasing your ball too far into the rough. There, I've never heard that in my life. They'll be they'll be waiting for you. It will be copperhead cottonmouth. Bite your hand off. You know what I need to do? I need to go to the zoo more often. Go yeah. to the reptilian. It's free. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's really no reason free. for you not to yeah. go. The parking isn't, but you know. You know what? The rest of the zoo is free. Maybe it's I'll park on the side of the road. You just got to make Maybe. your own sign, and you can park. One on one ESPN. It's just fine. So I'm here with the station. I'm confused now. Was Semi-pro is that fan fiction? No, was it's, doc- that? it's a documentary. It's uh, it's true. Well, were the chaparrals or whatever they're called were? Well, the, they uh, became the Marcy, San Antonio Spurs. Honestly, I'm, I'm just confused. If you based your answer off of semi-pro, you deserve to lose. Is it not okay, I, Jamie, Anthony? I know you not, were thinking it. Okay, because the way you looked at me harsh. when he said that tells me all I need to know. It's a documentary, though. Go back and watch the YouTube. Watch the old side eye here. Side eye Stalter's what they. You're trying to tell me that Duke wasn't a real person, and that he didn't collect a big check. Well, he got a big check. Maybe that's what. Maybe that's what Mo's been getting. (laughs) Mo's been getting not blank checks. He's been getting the big checks. He got a big check waiting for. That's why uh, here. (laughs) (laughs) We hope. Yeah, it's written in crayon. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Why don't we? uh, Why don't we do? Colors cardinal red. Yeah, there you go. Uh, do we have more mic drops, Marsh? Yeah, we got a bunch. Let's let's do another mic drop here on our topic of the day. <laughs> Somebody said that uh, they're pretty sure, though, that Yager probably added a few more games since Tuesday. He did, yeah. So <laughs> at some point, guys, I'm going to be right on that 3,000. It, it might be a year from now. We're taking a beating here on the text line. Why? So text, I love the text line, but sometimes they can feel like they're just nitpicky. Okay, What's Grant, going on? Grant Francis, who I'm not afraid to fire, we know this. <laughs> He does a great job with these questions. And yes, the question maybe was written wrong because it's supposed to be the mo- the the common venomous snake. We said poisonous snake. Tomato tomato really. But my gosh, the text line's going crazy over this. Well, I mean, what I agree, that's what tripped me up. If you walked <laughs> If you walked up, I'm willing to say this. If you walked up to 100 people in this area right here, and ask that same question, I bet you'd get five that would say, do you mm. mean the most venomous? Everybody else would already clue and be understand what you mean. I mean, it really isn't is. venom. Yeah. Is, isn't venom poisonous or no? Yeah, but I... So like poison would be for, for like frogs, like a poison dart frog. Yeah. But, right. I mean, if you got venom running through your veins, it's probably not good because it's poison, right? I, but if the venom's not running through their veins. But right? if that snake bites me... It's got the venomous pockets that fire it in there on you. Okay, well then that yeah. that venom then goes into my veins, which is then poisonous to me. Correct. Correct. Okay. I, like I said, Anthony, hey. we're splitting hairs here, and I'm actually I don't say this often. I'm slightly disappointed in our text line for oh. being this nitpicky. Wow! Wow! wow. Whoa! Oh, you Whoa. guys aren't. No, I am. I'm with you. I can't with you, say Jamie. I can't say anything because at the end of the day, like the six three six said. Marshy got snake bitten. And that's really what it comes down to. Well I mean, the listener won. What are they mad at? Uh, Because they're snake lovers Mm -hmm. and they want it to be accurate. So, Who the hell loves a snake? A lot of people do. Tommy Self, he's really upset with us. Why? I don't know. He's got a cute little picture on here, too. What's the deal? He says the copperhead is venomous, not poisonous. There's a difference. And he says that the 95 would be wrong. 
you're poisoned and you're poisoned by eating something. Well, what if he, what if this we eat the snake? But again, again, if if a if a copperhead rolls up on me, and then please slither up to you. So, you, get, you get what I'm saying, yeah. okay? Maybe he maybe he he slithered on an old uh, roller skates, right? Or, or maybe it's a skateboard. Okay, he got on the skateboard. He rolled up on me, and he right into the old mm. arm there, mm. and I'm like, holy! I just got bit by this venomous. Wouldn't the poison now be in me? Wouldn't that be po- wouldn't his venom be poisonous to me? You'd be poisonous if we ate you then at that point. But I would be po- I I would have the poison in me. Yeah, you would. Which I usually do anyways, let's be yeah, honest. Yeah, you do. I don't know. Yeah, I, okay. I think you'd have Hold venom on. in you. Guys, <laughs> we got to we, we got to take a break. We got a, okay. yeah. We've we're got way a biologist off. on here now waiting okay. in. We're way we're way off. Let me just can I end this? Can I guys, For can now. I can I For end now. this? Can I end this? I want to, I want to on behalf of the fast lane. I want to personally apologize. We're sorry that you feel that way. We're right back to the fast lane podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on One Hundred and One ESPN. Yeah, we, uh, we fired off the breaking news sounder for a very important statement that we wanted to make here in the Fastlane. Um, in the break, we went over the, I don't know, 20 plus text messages that More came in. That. At the time, it was 20. It's still, it's growing. So, you know, the, the hundreds of text messages now, um, likely 500 now, I think, that have came, that, that came in. Uh, regarding the poisonous, venomous conversation. The higher-ups felt so compelled to come in here during the break um, to scold us that we did not know the difference. We did not. It, we were flippant about the difference. Between misleading our listeners. Misleading the listeners. They, they, well, he, Kowski said that three or four times. Yeah, he was angry. Um, so w- there's two things that are going to happen. Uh, Jamie, the, the first thing. I wasn't going to do this, and it, it really, I didn't think it would come to this. But the higher-ups advised me that Grant Francis has to go. 24, just got, 20, 24 years old, just dream, got a brand dream new job, car. brand new car, looking to buy a house. 24 years old, the world in front of him. They said that the question was worded improperly, misleading our listeners, mm-hmm. and... Uh, yeah, he has to go. Not so. one, but two. I mean, think about the movie question as well. That's true. Yeah, he didn't update mm-hmm. it. Yep. So uh, our apologies there for you know Grant, great kid, mm-hmm. really great kid. Um, but you know that's that's number one. Uh, the second thing is we have uh, decided to suspend the gauntlets mm-hmm. indefinitely. So the gauntlet. Well, we were advised. Yeah, we were advised actually. Right. So um, the gauntlet will be suspended for the foreseeable future. So, if anybody has a, an issue with that, um, you blame us because we did not word that question properly. I'll take the blame too. I didn't catch it when I was reading it. No, I read it, Jamie. That's not on you. I read it. Th- I read it three times. 
I read it once to Mike, once to once to Marsh. Well, actually, Anthony, I did. It was question four. Mm-hmm. It was you, uh, but I feel I feel like I, I can't let you take the blame for this. Well, I read it once. Like, I'll throw you under the bus when I, I choose to, but I can't let you take the blame for this. So, um, yeah, so that's it. So that's the breaking news. Gauntlet suspended indefinitely. If anybody has an issue with that, um, feel free to uh, take it up with us slash the 500 or so people that texted and mm-hmm. saying that we are, uh, one person said, um, we are the dumbest show in the yeah. world. Yeah. A couple of clowns, I think they said. Mm-hmm. Clown hour, they called it. Um the slow lane, what somebody said, which I thought was hurtful. Slow lame. Too. Slow lame. That <laughs> well, that was, I, mean, I didn't even know about that one. Yeah, it's, it's fun, but still. Yeah, so um, Anyways, there you the go. I lost his job today because of this crap. Yeah. It stinks. I mean, this was almost. This is on us. This was, this was worse than, than, the, than the Abraham Lincoln question. I thought over a year ago. Honestly, Marsh, I thought you were going to say the American, the, the Abraham Lincoln uh, tragedy, which I was <laughs> about to stop you on. Because I don't think that's the case, but you. It was Abraham Lincoln, and it was clarified. about uh, Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yep. So there you have it. So you know when when are we going to do the gauntlet again? Uh, it, it's not up to us anymore. No, it really isn't. Yeah, clown hour. A couple mm-hmm. of clown. Guys should be wearing clown shoes. The person said. Very hurtful stuff. How can you see my feet? I don't know. We got the sports six pack coming up in about fifteen minutes. Three one four three nine nine ninety six forty six. So if you got a question for us, not related to uh, venom and poison and what the difference is, um, we'd be glad to take the, your questions. But um, look, I don't know where we go from here. I guess we'll we'll try to get back on track and talk sports next mm-hmm. on one hundred and one ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on one hundred and one ESPN. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter. Again, we've got the Sports 6 back coming up in about five minutes or so. 314-399-9646 is the Air Comfort Service tax line. If you got a question that you want to send via the YouTube channel at 101 ESPN STL, um, feel, feel free to do that here in the fast lane. Uh, Marsh, we got some got some mic drops we've thrown out there at the start of the show today about the Cardinals and their pitching and Dakota Hudson pitching well and Zach Thompson pitching well are we fearful are we concerned at all that the front office will look at those two guys and say you know what think we're good we only need uh, one mediocre pitcher that we can save on internal options we're we're flooded with internal options are you concerned at all I'm concerned a little bit a little bit we did have a, a mic drop that I thought was really good. I think it was Kevin that said, "You know what? The empty I'm paraphrasing, but the empty seats are basically going to tell the tell the story for the front office." You look at Bush Stadium; it's it's a sea of red right now. the The front office is not going to want to let this stand. They're going to get more aggressive when it comes to maybe spending this off season. That also goes hand in hand, Jamie, with last off season. And how they were blown away by the prices of some of these some of these free agents. So you really have no excuse now. 
you know what's coming. You know that the prices are going to be high on free agents. And you're coming off what will be one of the worst seasons in Cardinals history. No excuse to to not be active in free agency. You might not get two aces. You may not get I ace. Hopefully they do. But you can't sit sit there. You can't stand pat. The fans have spoken by not going through the gates at Bush Day. But are the tickets already bought? Parking parking isn't paid for. Yeah, parking concessions. I get it. I get it. That's, I a, guess that's I, a big deal. I was Gate. just being a bit of a jerk there, too. I'm still a little rattled over everything. So yeah. maybe my head's in a negative space here right mm-hmm. now. So I'm going to try. Well, and, you, you listen. I'm going to try and reset here. We're going to do something about that. I'm going to try and reset. Anyways. Um, I already got a petition going. <clears throat> yeah, well, I need more than that. But I'm going to go back to what John Mosaloc said himself about their pitching needs last offseason. When he spoke to the media this year, he says, we identified that we needed one starter, and we also realized that Adam Wainwright was that guy. It's the the bait and switch. Almost like payroll's going to go up, but it's not really. Mm-hmm. We're going to go get a starter, but it's Adam Wainwright. Like I don't know. Technically, I guess he's right, because Wayno. Was he even a free agent? Yeah. Think, did he get to free agency? Or? Technically, he was a free agent, but... So, technically, he was a free agent signing. But everybody knew he was either going to come back here or yeah. retire. Um, so, I just hope that it's not a play on words, I guess is the best way to put it, that we're not talking about bringing, you know, making sure we have three new starters next year, and two of them are, you know... Hudson and Zach Thompson, or mm. Libertor, or Graceffo. Like, I'm excited for those guys, but at the same time, I'd like to have a lot of options. Yeah, a lot. I like what you said in the opening statement when we were with the opening segment when we were talking about this, Jamie. Still, still be active in free agency. Sign three guys or trade. You know, some combination of signing and trading, and then the spillover can be your help for the bullpen. Because you still you still have a bullpen that that is going to need arms. You have to revamp that thing with either the parts that, and really that that should be an area where the internal options should be the the, the key options, right? The, the key you know players because in free agency it's free agency is notorious when it comes to bad deals for relievers. When you're looking for relievers, it makes no sense to go to market and pay big-time money for relievers. Because the bullpen, as we found out, the bullpen was supposed to be pretty good this year. I don't think anybody thought the bullpen was going to be fra- like fractured like it did. But I don't, yeah, I don't know if the bullpen's bad or if it's just overworked or both. Either way, you still you still need bullpen help because you yeah. traded Hicks, you traded Hennessy Cabrera. So I like your idea of signing slash trading for guys and then having that spillover be, being your bullpen for next year all right let's do the sports six pack next we will take more of your mic drops in the final hour of the show talking about the cardinals and whether or not you're concerned that the front office won't uh won't fulfill the promises not even promises just statements cashing on the statements that it made about adding three starters and, and lo- instead looking internally because of some of the young options but we got a sports six pack next Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. 
Yeah. It's time for the Fast Lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me! The Sports Six Pack is refreshed by Maggie O'Brien's. Your go-to Irish pub in St. Louis for over 42 years. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter. Here is Andrew Marsh with your questions for the Sports Six Pack. Question number one. From the 618, is there a Major League Baseball player, past or present, that could be a two-way player like Otani? I think that if Adam Wainwright was given DH at-bats in the prime of his career, that he could have hit 10-plus home runs and bat around 250. Hmm. Madison Bumgarner. Oh, yeah, he could swing it. He had a lumberjack power. Rick Ankiel. Rick Ankiel is a perfect example. Carlos yeah. Zambrano. Zambrano. Big Z could Big Z could put a charge into a baseball. That's Bartolo true. Colon. Yeah. Bartolo Colon. Yeah. He, he almost hit one out of the stadium in San, or San Antonio. I still have San Antonio in my mind. Rick yeah. Ankiel is San Diego. the closest that I've seen to Shohei Otani. And yeah. I, I understand Rick didn't wasn't able to put it all together at the same time. He had the talent. But boy, when he came in, when he started pitching in the majors, his stuff was incredible. And then when he transformed himself, a power hitter. Mm-hmm. So he kind of was that version of it. Yeah. He had the talent yeah. to, to do both. There's no question about that. Well, maybe it'll be Mason Wynn. Who knows? Who really knows? I would love to see him get on the bump when the game's out of reach a little bit mm-hmm. and give him the ball and he's throwing 100. Just mm-hmm. steady. You're not getting the 56 mile an hour from the backup catcher. Right. You're getting 100. In on your hands. <laughs> He'd be like, this isn't fun. What the heck? Question number two. Uh, we got a question from the 816. I, I find this one to be kind of insensitive given the you know, given the moment. Um, what's the difference between venomous and poisonous? I'm just uh, going to go ahead and no, not. We're yeah, we're done. Uh, I, I actually not. So, but I did want, uh, we brought up the zoo earlier. Here's a question about the zoo from the 314. Would you choose an $8 entry fee to the St. Louis Zoo for the Cardinals making the playoffs this year? This fee would be for everyone. Yes. Really? $8 entry fee? Are you willing You're to? You're paying 8 bucks to get into the zoo. Just so the Cardinals can make the playoffs? Yeah. That's Why? like that's like trading your entire farm system just for one year of getting, you know, getting to yeah. the playoffs. Like, there's no guarantee you're winning no guarantee. the World Series, Anthony. How many times do you guys go to the... Who the hell wants to pay eight bucks for the damn zoo? How, how, how are we going to get free agents? How, how is that going yeah. to happen? We it's can't say, call. hey, by the way, we have a free zoo, but they're charging $8 to get in. It just... It, you have a nearly free zoo. How we many, have a nearly free zoo. How many times a year are you guys going to the zoo? A lot, Anthony. I love those animals. Anthony, I'm going all the time. Even if you go twice, it's only, it's just 16 bucks. I mean, Anthony, that, just, just. I'm glad you have the money to just 16 well, bucks. I mean, the Cardinals. That's offensive. It really is. The Cardinals going to the playoffs. We've, okay, Anthony, we've how many seen, times have you seen? Have you said this on these airwaves? Well, they just get in and then they lose first round. Yeah, they're done. Two games in, we're done. That's not playoffs. Wild card game. That's not playoffs. Now everybody in St. Louis and everywhere else has to pay eight bucks for your shenanigans. Yeah, for a chance to see 2006 and 2011 all over oh, again. Oh yeah, your favorites, Anthony. Oh, I'm disgusted. I think there's a cross cross promotion here too with the 
cross comparison with the hockey team here. What? I don't know about you guys, but some of the uh, best memories ever for a lot of people here in St. Louis, 06, 11, and 19. Here's my thing. This is this is just this is just my opinion. So what does 19 have to that. do with the zoo? They got in. They just got in. Here's here's my opinion, Anthony. No, they didn't just if, get in. If the Cardinals are in the yeah, playoffs in October, that means that means people are watching. They're going to the games, right? They're not going to the zoo during the Halloween time, which is a great time to go to the zoo. Boo yeah, the boo zoo it's a free zoo. time. Yeah. Think people of the are, animals. People are going to boo at the zoo. What if the you animals make time for it, man? What if the animals are are sitting there like, where is everybody? How come no one wants to see me? That could be very depressing now that you think. About How come it. no one wants to be here? Because Anthony's charging eight bucks. Well, why don't you just pay the eight bucks? Why? Why can't? I mean, why can't we see the? It's not like why can't? Why, why can't you just be selfless? Yeah, thank you, Andrew. Well said. You know what? You're being selfish right now because you, you don't want to see the Cardinals in the playoffs. And you're spending other people's money. That's even worse. I'm not spending. I'm family, spending my money. Eight dollars. Picture another Stalter family rolling up to the zoo. They think it's a freezer. They've got three small mm-hmm. children, super excited to go, and there are five of them. Anthony, five. That's forty bucks just to get in the door. But you're okay with that? Oh, you just gotta make it rain. I'm Anthony Stalter. Take my money. You know what those kids would be wearing? All of them: shirts, hats. 2023 St. Louis Cardinals World Series champions. The playoffs is what I would say. So. You're welcome. Yeah. We just got a text from the 314. You guys, this is the dumbest argument ever. Wow. Wow. Well, and we'll cancel the sports six pack next. Since we're taking requests today. Text line Question number you. three. I got your car. Hold on. I got your Cardinals into the playoffs. You're pissed at me? Really? People love the free zoo, Anthony. I got your Cardinals. I got your Cardinals into the playoffs, and everybody's upset with me. Really? Baseball heaven, huh? You're mad at me because I got your your Cardinals into the postseason. Me, one guy. I'm disgusted with everybody today. Everybody. Listeners, text line, you two. Just be quiet. I am done. With you guys today and your attitudes. Just enough. What's the next question? Jamie from the 314. Outside of Braden Shen, who are your captain candidates? Why even play? I mean, oh, would you stop? (sighs) Sometimes you're too much. Go ahead. What's the question on Braden Shen? coming to me right now. Is he the best ever? What's the question? It's best candidate. Who is... The other captain candidate candidates. Shen is the obvious choice, but there doesn't seem to be anyone else close. Well, no, there's some guys that are close. I think that I think Justin Falk is a leader. Um, you know, Colton Pareko is a leader. He goes about it a little bit of a different way. Uh, I think Tory Krug is a guy too. Uh, the, the unfortunate thing with Tory Krug is now that he's been rumored to waive his no trade clause, you don't know. The, I don't know all that, so I just like to leave that alone. I think that if it's not Braden Shan, it could be Justin Falk. After that, there's a gap between them and everybody else. Anthony, your thoughts? I oh, agree. I agree with you, Jamie. Oh, just charge sixteen dollars now to Zoo. Guarantee you get the Blues into the playoffs. 
the eight. You know what? I don't have to do that because the Blues are going to go to the playoffs. Your card Question number four. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. From the 636, guys, I missed yesterday's show. Uh, So don't know if you already talked about it. During the day yesterday, everyone was talking about whether or not Major League Baseball should implement the robo-strike balls after what what happened on Tuesday. What's your opinion about it, and what should be done to fix the problem of bad strike calls? Umpires are part of the game. The Um, robo-zone apparently is not getting rave reviews, by the way. They're talking about how the top of the zone is, it's like it's, yeah... Some of the pitchers and managers yeah. are talking about how it's not a perfect system. I, it's I think, not going to be perfect. Let the imperfect dudes behind the plate make the call. Yep. They've already got a lot of measures in place. You know, they, they grade these guys, get the grades immediately. They hold guys accountable. Umpires are part of the game. Back calls are part of the game. So, no. I think we keep the umpires. We got a text from the 6-1 hate. I respect you, Anthony. Oh, thank you, 6-1 great. Thank you. What does he respect? Charging eight bucks at the zoo? I don't know what he's respecting right now. You know, you, know, you just say to the great, you know, I, I just I'm don't sorry. Know what he's I, respecting eight dollars to get your Cardinals into the playoffs. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you die for a little Cardinal baseball no, right I now? Would not die. I'm not playoff, dying for playoff? this team. I'm not dying for it. They're not Anthony. spending money for me and my happiness to watch that. this team put out a good product. I'm not dying for them. No, no. I'm dying for the season to be over. Well, I don't. Agree Are you that. dying for the the? The Penguin House. When was the last time? Let me ask you this: When was the last time you've been to the Penguin House, Marsh? Uh, it's been a, it's been it's been a, it's been a couple it months. How about you? How about you, Jamie? Uh, last week. Last week, really? Yeah. You went to the Penguin House last week. I went to the zoo, and yes, went through the Penguin House. What'd you see? Penguins. What the hell else are you gonna see? Specifically. What? Well, they've what, got where'd puffins. You, they got where'd you, penguins. Where'd you go? Where'd you go first? Well, Who'd you go with? Uh, Ashley and her boys. Anthony, you walk in, you smell, you going? smell that smell. I'm actually, I don't know if you're joking right now. Or I keep not. going. There's a tank on the left, right? We saw There's the, the tank on the left. Uh, river otters first walk in. They're running around. They do a little thing over there. What else? What do, you, what do you want to talk about? We got souvenirs too, Anthony. So I spent what money, but I didn't have to. It was a hat and a T-shirt. What'd they say? They just say zoo and have the different animals on them. St. Louis Zoo. I'm gonna need free. To see, I'm gonna need mm-hmm. to see those receipts. They look like animal crackers. I actually almost bought one too. Yeah. When? Yeah. In when? 2017? No, Anthony. 2020. 2022? Yes. That was the last time you went to the zoo. And yeah, you, I mean, that was last sac- year. And you won't sacrifice $8 to get your Cardinals into the playoffs this Anthony, year. Anthony, it's been hot out this Anthony, year. Anthony, it's not whether or not I would sacrifice my $8. What I don't like is you sacrificing other people's $8. That's just... Cardinals fans would appreciate it. It's ridiculous. You can't tell people how to spend their money. I'm not. You don't have to go to the zoo. Here's the thing. You oh don't have God. to go to the zoo. But you can watch your Cardinals in the postseason this year. Because I made because I made a decision. Jamie's gonna clean up his attitude and we'll have what's trending next. I'm disgusted with you permanently. I'm 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What's trending in the world of sports? The Fast Lane has you covered. What's trending now? Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate to Goodwill and get a half price Cardinals ticket voucher.
Welcome back to the Fastlane here on 101 ESPN. Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers, I'm Andrew Marsh, and it's time for What's Trending. Unfortunately for the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim and Shohei Otani, he will no longer be pitching the rest of the season as Otani has torn his UCL and... Uh, it's not good, gentlemen. It might not be good for his contract, his impending contract for uh, free agency this upcoming winter. He says, too, that he intends to hit still for the Angels the rest of the season. I think that if I was Shohei Otani's agent, I would let him hit for a couple of games, at least until, until he gets his next ding-dong Johnson, knocks the cover off the ball, right? Mm-hmm. Then I shut him down and said, like no, you're, you're done. You're, you're done now. Surgery. Per, no, precautionary reasons at this point so that my client can absolutely, if nothing else, hit next year for whatever team he plays for. Yeah. I want the lasting memory to be him hitting a home run so people are like, okay, well, he, he can still hit. So if I sign this guy for $50 million or $60 million, I'm still getting a DH that's going to hit me 25 to 35 home runs, maybe more. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. I love your showmanship. What? <laughs> I do. I love it. I love your showmanship. That's the way to do it, Anthony. It's a home run. It's like, you're done now. Now you're done. Shut him yeah. down. Shut him down. You're going to have surgery. happy? Too bad. We're not coming back here anyways. Surgery, 5 a.m. tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Everybody else is like, looks good to me. Mm-hmm. Guys, I had a ton of stuff I wanted to get into in what's trending, but I just got a text on the Air Comfort Service text line. Um... I mean, this one's from FedEx, Brian. I don't know how you feel about this, but he texts and he says, are you all aware that the Rizzuto show was calling you guys out this morning about football picks and what the punishments are going to be? Because they were bad-mouthing you pretty good. Even Learn was all wound up. Oh, big deal. Oh, no, I'm shook. I'm shook, Anthony. What will I ever do? Boy, I won't sleep tonight because the Rizzuto show is bad-mouthing me. When does it ever stop? Is it because they're on a losing skid? They are. True colors come out in the face of adversity. Let me say this. Lions don't lose opinion, don't lose sleep over the opinions of sheep. Yep. You know what I mean? I totally agree. Lions not worried about it. They're sleeping just fine. And even Learn was wound up. Learn was one of the she's one of the mouthiest ones yeah. over there. Since she's changed her job, you know? Oh, you saw her at the, the Home Run Derby. Oh, yeah. High out of her mind on cough syrup. Just <laughs> glad you said that. Talking all kinds of smack. Yeah, it's despicable. She's changed. She has changed. And Rafe. Boy, I like Rafe. I like Rafe I like a lot. Rafe, too. He's, he's a nice guy. He's on the throne. Don't let him get into uh, yeah. these little Kirkland bottles. All these energy shots. Right. Oh yeah, well he's got yeah, he's got, got his we, exploder. I know. Well, he might yeah. dive into these instead. Mm-hmm. You know. Hey, listen. Here's the, here's the bottom line. We're in again for the the pick'em challenge. Mm. We don't intend to lose, and we want it to be embarrassing this year. We want to embarrass them. We want to show Learn and Rafe the new the newbies over there how it's going to be for the foreseeable future. Well, the newbies don't know anything but losing at this point. Very true. Mm-hmm. So I can see why they're upset. And you know how Riz is. Riz is going to start looking around 
And he's going to start putting the putting the pieces together. Yeah. And he's going to say, you know, when we brought in Learn and Rafe, we haven't won. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of finger pointing. Healthy scratching people. He's going to start healthy scratching people. Huh. So, something to think about. Interesting. But we're in for the uh, the pick'em challenge this year. We're building a team as, as we speak. And yes, we are going to do some form of punishment each week. Because they're listeners. Boy, they... They have nothing better else. They Boy, nothing, they cry. Yeah, they're just it's crazy. Anyways, Paul yeah. DeYoung. Thanks for letting us. Uh, who was it? FedEx Brian? FedEx Brian. Yeah, we appreciate thanks that. For let, thanks for the, the hat tip there. Thank you. Uh, Paul DeYoung homered yesterday, tallied four ribbies in his Giants debut. I mean, this guy was just unbelievable yesterday for San Francisco. We talked about him yesterday during What's Trending, but at the time, he had only had that two-run shot, and then he ends up basically propelling the Giants to victory yesterday. How about that for uh, for the King? All he needs to do is get hot for a stretch. And he's capable of getting hot for a stretch. You know, he hits like eight home runs over the course of a couple of weeks or something and lifts lifts the Giants. And they're a wild-card team. I don't think they have... The, I, in fact, I know they don't have the, the, the offense to go very far, but they can pitch. They got a really good bullpen. They got Logan Webb, who's an ace. So they need one guy to kind of get it going offensively because they've been dreadful since the All-Star break offensively. They went and got Paul DeYoung for a reason. Mm -hmm. Whatever they see or know about what Paul DeYoung can bring to the table is why they went and got him. And he, what, he went three for four? Four ribbies? Yeah. I mean, it looks like a genius move at this point, and I understand he won't continue at that pace, but right. what, whatever the matchup was yesterday that they liked mm -hmm. is why they got Paul Dion. Yeah, that was not a wall scraper no. that he hit. <clears throat> I hate to even bring this back up, but oh boy. from the 314, each show should have a listener join the team too. I find that idea interesting. If you had a listener each week, not the same listener, mm -hmm. a different listener, a part of, uh, you know, you have Team Riz and then Team Fastlane. Yeah. You're, you're kind of... The problem with that is that if they don't get their picks in on time or if they don't... It's true. Like, right. It's it, And with if it's a different listener all the time, now there's a lot of moving parts. Who's keeping track of it? Very yeah. true. I'm all for it. Like, if we're sitting in a room and they had to come in and be a part of it, you know, we just... Mm -hmm. But it's not like that. It's not yeah. the way it works. Right. All right, it's the fast lane on 101 ESPN 511. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers. Clearly better. An officially licensed Rolex jeweler. And they did get the gauntlet canceled, so some of them. Let's some not, of, some of them do. Yeah. Let's not put let's not put that on guys, everybody. For sure. Guys, I'm gonna talk about this right now. All right. Good call, Jamie. One thing to work one thing to look for, AFC West next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Fastlane on 101 ESPN. One thing to look for when it comes to the AFC West. Uh, take it behind the curtain. Yesterday we did this for the NFC West, although we didn't because I misread what Marsh's 
thought thought was on this. I thought we were doing predictions and just kind of talking about the overview of the team. As soon as we got off the air, uh, Marsh scolded me. He was he was red yeah, hot. Yeah, it was kind of weird. He was ticked. Yeah, a little bit weird, a little so, bit um, out of character. It was, it was, um, but he really cares about these types of, types of segments. So mm-hmm. I appreciate it. I appreciate Thanks the passion. Should. Yeah. All right. One thing to look for: AFC West. Marsh. Since I uh, I ruined your segment yesterday, why don't you have honors here? Who do you want to Who do you want to hit on first? Yeah, let's start with the Broncos. I actually mentioned it earlier today, but we'll go back over it. Is the uh, amount of skill players that are injured or are coming off of? Injuries. So you look at Tim Patrick, uh, Jerry Judy, also known as Judge Judy, according to Jamie. Jamie yeah. uh, you have uh, Javante Williams, who was injured last year. Yeah. Um, and they had quite the issue at running back after he was injured. So I'm looking to see what this team looks like under Sean Payton, but also dealing with some skill players being injured or coming off that injury. I'm really looking forward to seeing this this won't this won't minimize anything that Sean Payton did in New Orleans because the man won a Super Bowl and he had uh, I mean just a tremendous amount of success in Killer New Orleans. Defense. Okay, Jamie. Yeah, one time you start to do some bribes and stuff like that. Some bribes, bonuses. Yeah, bonuses. That's true. Yeah, good call. But this we're about to find out how good Sean Payton really how how good of a head coach Sean Payton is because you had such a mess last year under Nathaniel Hackett. Such a mess last year with the way that they allowed Russell Wilson to have his own office and we're going to run your offense. And they just gave Russell Wilson the keys to the kingdom. And it was an absolute disaster to the point where you had players going after Russell Wilson on the sidelines during games. We're about to find out how quickly Sean Payton can clean up a mess like we saw it in Denver. So I think that's the thing that I'm I'm keying in on this year. Can he can he revive Russell Wilson's career and can he clean up what what has been just an uh, which was an under mass in Denver? Yeah, I'm looking for Justin Herbert and the crew with the Chargers to outperform their lack of coaching. What I mean by that is I want to see this team push for first place in the division even though the coaching that they have is not fantastic. Like, Justin Herbert's so good, he carries his team to first place. Okay. That's what I'm looking for. So that's from the Chargers perspective, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. Do you have anything on the Broncos? No, you said enough about that guy. I'm All sick right. of talking about it. So Actually, we're... I do have one thing to say about the Broncos. Do we really believe that Sean Payton can actually fix this team? I think he can. I'm that big of a believer. Like, I'm, I'm in him. just with the with the weapons and some of the guys missing, and that, and then Russell Wilson just being so damn bad last year. Mm-hmm. Like I just don't know how the 180 happens. Yeah, I, I'm I'm fascinated to see it yeah. play out with the Chargers. You 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 jump to the Chargers, Jamie. I'm with you on that. Can Justin Herbert continue to elevate everybody around him, including including his coaching staff? Mm-hmm. Can he win despite not having competent coaching? And you've got Kellen Moore now. Kellen Moore was like the wonderkind in Dallas for a while there. I wonder what happened. The wonderkind? The wonderkind. Kind. Yeah. The wonderkid. <laughs> the wonder We know who the wonderkid is. Yeah, it's Nate Shelley. Ted, yeah. If you're a Nate, if you're a Ted, Ted Lasso fan. Um but you know Ke- Kellen Moore when he first came in is like, "Oh, wow, look this guy's got a revolutionary offense." And then when things started to go sideways in that San Francisco game, he had no answer. Tony lose lose to Tony Pollard, no answer. Uh, you know, can Kellen Moore get more out of no pun intended 
Uh, can, more. can he get more out of Justin Herbert, or does Justin Herbert also have to overcome his incompetency as well? Marsh, you got anything else on the Chargers? Yeah, I want to know what Justin Herbert looks like at 100%. Last year, he had that rib injury and played you know, the entire year basically injured. Mm-hmm. Still a great quarterback. So I'd like to see what he looks like at 100%. Obviously, you're going to have nicks and bruises pretty much every single week. Uh, but for the most part, when he is at 100% heading into this season, I want to know if he takes that next step and goes to that next level, which I, I believe he can. I think he can, so. We'll save the de- defending champions for last. The Raiders. I think for me with with Vegas, it really it comes down to two people. Josh McDaniels and whether or not this is this is likely we've talked about this before. This is likely his last chance to be a head coach in the league. He's probably he's probably not going to get a third opportunity. So it comes down to him and whether or not he can improve upon what we saw last year, which it wasn't very good in a lot of areas. But Josh McDaniels has officially met the fork in the road of his coaching career. This is either he's either going to show some improvement with this Raiders team, surprise some people, and can you know continue to have an opportunity to to build there, or Jamie, I think he's going to be the an offensive coordinator for the rest of his career, and that's yeah. going to be it. And and similar idea, but with a player, Jimmy G. Jimmy G got the 49ers to a Super Bowl. He got him to. What? What? One uh, NFC Championship championship. game. Uh, Well, two, because he went to the Super Bowl. But then last year, he at least helped the 49ers. Well, he got them back in the the whole thing. So I guess technically before Brock Purdy. Well, I don't know how much credit you give to Jimmy G, but he was. Without Jimmy G, you don't get to that spot. He got the ship right. He did. In San Francisco. You got to give respect where it's due. And then Brock Purdy took over. But he's kind of at a point, too, where it's like, you know. San Francisco basically told them, told him, you can only do so much. We have to find somebody else that's going to elevate the offense. So he goes to Vegas. He's with his former offense coordinator now from New England and Josh McDaniels. Can he also have kind of a late late career revival? Is he healthy right now? He's supposed to be. Okay, because I know he had something going on there for yeah. a bit where they were like, oh boy. But they, I don't think they would have signed him if they they felt like he was. He Who's their backup quarterback? I think right now it is Chase Daniel. <laughs> no, no, it's not. You're talking about for the, the uh, Raiders. Raiders. It's the guy who was in New England the entire time. He was in Cleveland. What is his name? Hoyer. Hoyer. Brian Hoyer. Okay. Oh boy. So yeah, they're gonna need. They're gonna need Jimmy G. Yeah. Well, I uh, I think the marriage of McDaniel and Jimmy G is perfect. They had success together in New England. Um, oh, Aiden O'Connell is, is having a pretty good preseason and training camp there, too. He's a rookie. Mm-hmm. He's a third stringer, but he's looked pretty good. Okay. So, Josh McDaniel has to have success. He has to at this point. I think that uh, Jimmy G will help. I, will it get them to, like, a notable playoff spot and whatnot? I, I don't know about that. But I do think Jimmy G is that solid quarterback. He's not going to wow you, but he's not going to hurt you. He's going to be able to drive the offense effectively. And McDaniel obviously knows how to use him. He's been with him before. He's obviously a good offensive mind as far as the the play calling and things like that. I think the Raiders get in the playoffs this year. Wow. Wow. Tough conference, tough division. It is. I know. But the more I think about it, the more I'm like, you know what? If, If Jimmy G can stay healthy... 
I think that I think they get in. I know. I'm sorry. No, hey, listen. That's a hot take. A little bit, yeah. Marsh. Raiders. The Raiders. Mm. I think the thing I'm looking at is if they can keep Devontae Adams engaged and happy. He wanted to go to o- or uh yeah, Oakland. Jeez. He wanted to go to play for the Raiders. One of his good buddies, gone. He's not there anymore. Was pretty much treated like you know what on the way out, in my opinion. Mm. Derek Carr, that bean. Uh, so I want to know if they can keep him happy. You also have Josh Jacobs, who's not necessarily all that happy. Um, you know, there was some some stuff going on this summer where he was yeah, holding, be there. holding out. So, yep. um, yeah, that's uh, that's what I'm looking for because I don't know if Jimmy G is going to be able to, if he does play, be that guy to find Devontae Adams and and whatnot. So. All right, so the defending champs, we got the Chiefs. The, my the the thing to watch out for is pretty obvious at this point, in my opinion. It's Chris. It's Chris Jones. I mean, he's holding out. Oh yeah, that's weird. He's holding out. He's threatening to hold out for two weeks because he's not being paid as one of the top defensive linemen, which he certainly is. Yeah, this happens. This happens a lot. It's, it happens with you know other players that feel like they get to about a year or so left in their deal, and they look around and it's like that guy's making more than me now. That guy, you know. He's certainly worth the money, but the Chiefs are trying to win a Super Bowl, and he's their best player defensively, and it's not even close. I mean, he's he is a he is he is on the level of Aaron Donald. I mean, he's he is that good, a different player, but Chris Jones is the key to Kansas City's defense. So if he, he'll be there week one, I would think so. They don't say the Andy Reid and the Chiefs. They're not they're not letting on. Not that they would anyways, but it doesn't seem like they're that concerned about it. But man. Who do they play week one? Lions. Oh, yeah, they don't need them for that one. Arrowhead. I mean, Dan Campbell's going to be biting kneecaps, so you're going oh, yeah. to need depth. That offense is going to come out hot, too. The Chiefs, I agree. Uh, Lions. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Based on the fact that Jones plays defense, mm-hmm. you'd probably like to have him on that line. Yeah, yeah, that's a good you point. You need him on that line. You need me on that line. What about you? Sam? Chris Jones? Oh, yeah, big time. And Patrick Mahomes too. Uh, what I look at with oh, I like him. I think oh, I think good. he's very good. Anthony, good call. Um, who's his primaries? Travis Kelsey. Oh yeah, of course. Uh, McCall Hardman. Kadarius Tony's going to have a much bigger impact in that offense. Okay, they're going to move him. Around. He's going to be he's going to be the Debo Samuel of that offense. Right. So move him all. I'm just all concerned around. that he doesn't have a an elite target. He does. not named Kelsey. Yeah. McCole uh, Hardman's on the Jets. Oh, that's right. He went to the Jets. Yeah. And they is also MVS lost Juju. Is still there? No. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he is. Okay. Maybe that's who I was thinking yeah, of. but these guys, like... They're not... To Jamie's point, they're not prototypical number ones. They yeah. do have... Yeah. Valdez Gantling. Tony's going to be going to have a bigger impact. Sky Moore's their... If he's healthy. Their gadget got... Yeah. Tony's really healthy. And they drafted uh, Rice in the second round. So, they're pretty high on him. I think for me... They got Kelsey. That's that's the key. I don't think it's going to be a problem at all, but I do find it interesting to see what this offense looks like without Eric Bieniemy. Oh, yeah. That's a good call. I don't know. Like, I don't think there will be a massive change just because Andy Reid is kind of the mastermind behind everything. But I'm just interested to see if... Because not only does 
if they if they just keep on going, mm-hmm. then it makes you wonder like, uh, how much did Eric Bieniemy actually do in that offense? I, and some people already think that way now. I, I I'm more interested to see what Bieniemy does in Washington. Yeah, with Sam Howell. Like if you if you can put together a successful offense with Howell, you got my attention. Yeah. Andy Reid is the architect of I, the, the Chiefs are going to be fine from yeah. that standpoint. All right, we got biggest question of the day coming up next on One Hundred and One ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on One Hundred and One ESPN. It's time for the Fast Lane's biggest question of the day. With Jamie Rivers, I'm Anthony Stalter. Andrew Marsh here with the biggest question of the day. All right, gentlemen, we got this question super early in the uh, in the show, and we had that mic drop theme going on all day long. Uh, you know, if some of the players that are having success right now, if that somewhat scares our uh, listeners and Cardinal fans, if Mo will end up going out and maybe not making the uh the right moves in the offseason and just keeping a few guys but anyways we got a uh, text the question is is the cardinals window opening or is it closing right now what do you guys think wow oh man yes uh, i would say oh i would i would say opening <laughs> honestly last yeah. place how is it opening well you got jordan walker you got mason Wynn. you still have Arnado, who is in his prime, uh, Goldschmidt is a, is a little bit older, so I won't necessarily include him in this. But you still get a lot of young players. Newt, you know, um, it depends on though, obviously the pitching and whether or not you're gonna you're gonna be able to make wholesale changes in the off season. But you have to love some of the young the young talent that they have, right? I do, I do. Uh... Yeah, I, I, I mean, am I right? I don't know. I don't know. This this question obviously gets the, the the window gets slammed shut if you don't do anything this off season. Yeah. Or I mean, you have to do something obviously, but if they wind up if if either the Dewitts and or Mo completely screws up this free, this free agency class, mm. then yeah, this window is going to slam shut. Let me ask you this, Anthony. If if we look at this whether opening or, or closing, are your young players good enough right now to make you feel like there's a championship on the horizon? No. So now are your old players still your best players? Yes. That to me says the window's closing because Paul mm-hmm. Goldschmidt has a year left on his deal Nolan Arenado will be a year older. I'm not saying these guys aren't productive, but for the window to be opening, it means there's a lot of runway left there. Plus, you've got a great group of young, talented accent yeah, pieces. A year saying. from now, Paul Goldschmidt could be gone. Mm-hmm. Who replaces Goldie's numbers? Truly. Like you'd like to say, you'd like to say, well, Jordan Walker. Yeah. Or Nolan Gorman. Okay, yeah, but then who replaces Gorman's offense in the lineup then? This is the Albert Pujols question. Mm-hmm is who replaces Albert Pujols? Because it's a tough one. Yeah. So I think the window's closing, personally. Based on the roster they have today, mm-hmm. Wayno, Arnado, Goldie, some of these guys just getting older. And I don't think the young guys are enough 
Like they have a lot of nice little accent pieces. Donovan, Edmund, you know, these types of players are are nice. Would but you be, would you say the same thing for the Blues? No, I wouldn't because your two top scorers last year were Kyra and Thomas. But are they to the point where they can carry you? Well, they have to. They are your best players. Offensively, I'm not talking 200 foot all around. Yeah. They are your best players. So now, do I think the, the window is opening for the Blues for a Stanley Cup? No. Not currently. Mm-hmm. But I feel like a, another year down the road with Jake Neighbors, like I feel like the window is opening a little bit here. Right. So I guess we have to clarify what window we're talking about. World Series, no, for the Cardinals. Yeah. Well, I think that's what I look at. It's like NLCS, like a pennant. No, I mean, we... <laughs> I think we're still like two or three years away from Jordan Walker and Gorman and these guys being like... What if you? What if they get... What if they get... What if they get uh, Nola? Who's your, changes who's your favorite? Is it Nola or Snell? Like, I want to use your favorite. I think in this Nola example. is better suited for this, this right, so, team. So let's say let's say they get Aaron Nola. I'll take him both, though. Sure. So, let's, okay. So one of those guys, yeah. Nola or Snell, that they get, and they throw him at the top of the rotation. And then you have some combination of like Miles Michaelis, Steven Matz. I like Sonny Gray. So let's throw Sonny Gray uh-huh. in there. And then, um, I don't know, a. One of these young guys. Okay. One of these young guys is your fifth. Like say Zach Thompson earns the fifth spot. Now how do you view this team? Well, the Paul Goldschmidt thing still concerns me. He's playing out as of right now, he's playing out the last year of his contract next year. Yeah. That is a massive void in your lineup. I don't care that he's aging. I get it. I wouldn't give him a four or five-year deal. I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about if I knew for sure I had Paul Goldschmidt for at least next year and the year after, I would say the window's opening based on the talent you put on the bump now. With the current situation with the pitching staff and the the, the rotation and the bullpen and Goldie on one year left, Arenado aging, some defensive mishaps this year that he really hasn't experienced before is that just is it just well that's just the way the season's been or is it like maybe he's maybe he's getting older Mm -hmm. and I'm not alluding to the fact that he's losing it but things happen sometimes right yeah next year will tell me what this year truly was when it comes to something like that Mm -hmm. so in its current state the window's closing if you do what you said and you add another year onto Goldie at least one year, the window's opening. That's how important this offseason wow. is for the Cardinals. That's just my opinion. You're, you, it's interesting. I think it's a fascinating question because of the young guys. You're viewing it from from the prism of Goldie, which I didn't really think about. I, I'm more viewing it as, you know, what is Walker going to be in a year or two? What is Wynn going to be in a year or two? Mm-hmm. Uh, new- think of the void in your lineup if Goldie's not there. Yeah. Offensively and defensively. I will say this, though, and I made this point about Pujols. You also have to assume that Goldie's going to continue to do what he's doing. I think that is a variable that, we, variable that we never really consider. But even if there's a drop-off, even if there's a slight drop-off for Goldie, he's still better than half your lineup. Maybe even more. The way he hits the ball. I like that. See, I, I like the lineup. I do. Yeah. I, when everybody's healthy, I got no problem with the offense. 
I think that offense is is more than capable. Plus, plus you have you have a bunch yeah, of that b- offense with in. Goldie in it. True. Yeah, but Goldie Goldie's thirty seven. I think we're just assuming that Goldie's just going to be an MVP candidate for forever here. No, but there. This year was not like last year. Obviously, he was an MVP. Yeah, it's a great year. He's great a year. year. But this year hasn't been a total bust for Paul Goldschmidt. Mm. And one just not has to assume that at least next year, at minimum next year, will be somewhere about the same. Yeah. After that, who knows? But I'm still willing to give him an extra year to find out what that looks like. Sure. All right. You, whoever that question, well, who's that question from? That was a good one. Marcy read it off earlier. Good stuff there. All right. It's Fastlane on 101 at ESPN. When we come back, we'll wrap up the show. Criticisms, compliments, what you missed. Next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. If you missed anything from today's show, you can always download the podcast available at 101ESPN.com or on your 101 ESPN mobile app, all brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. One of our big themes throughout the course of the day today, and we appreciate everybody leaving mic drops. If you didn't hear yours today, we uh, we apologize. We got a bunch in today, which we again we we do appreciate. Can't get to all of them, but uh, are you concerned at all about the Cardinals' front office changing their approach based on how Zach Thompson and Dakota Hudson has looked? And when I say approach, I mean their approach to free agency and adding starters, aggressively adding starters. Could you see them pivoting, or could you see them? It's like dipping their toe in the water of a, of a, a legit ace or a, or a stud pitcher, and really like lowballing the the pitcher, and then turning around telling the Cardinals, oh, you, or Cardinals fans, yeah, we tried, we tried, but you know what? Zach Thompson looked pretty good. Dakota Hudson looked pretty good at the end of the year. Any concern about that? So we took your mic drops throughout the course of the day. We did talk about Shohei Otani. I threw kind of a I don't know if it's a contrarian viewpoint at Jamie about Shohei Otani now that he's injured. He's going to hit the rest of the year, apparently, for the Angels. But Jamie had some good thoughts on that as well. Well, we talked to Kyle Hebert of St. Louis City SC. Uh, He continues to be, I mean, really in lockstep, Jamie, I feel like, with you and I and the physicality of the sport of soccer. We we asked him a lot of questions about what you can and cannot get away with. Uh, Basically, we kind of started with murder and then went went down from there. And Kyle was great as always. We talked to Chris Kerber, had a, a very good conversation with Kerbs, and Kurse was telling us a story at the end there about um, why Braden Shen makes a lot of sense as a captain. So want to make sure you tune in for that. And uh, did a little bit of NFL, NFL four downs, as well as talked about uh, the AFC West, one thing to look for for each team. So there you have it. It's all available at the podcast. Marsh, what do we got for criticisms and compliments? Yeah, from the 636, love listening to the show while I work. Great sports insights and great discussions about snakes. Keep it up, guys. Thank you. I feel like we get into the weeds sometimes, Jim. A little Jim. bit. But. Yeah, you know. Well, you like talking about dinosaurs. Oh, no doubt. What's your favorite dinosaur, Marsh? My favorite dinosaur. Um... Yeah, it's a good question. Probably the probably the T Rex. Okay, so you're uh, you're you're going chalk there. You're going RL. I'm going chalk. chalk okay. Yeah, I don't Jamie. know the uh, one. That's another chalk one too. The Velociraptor, I'd consider chalk. You know the Velociraptor. Believe it or not, guys. Yeah. It's a lot it was, smaller than that. Is a lot smaller than that. Size yeah. of a turkey. Really? Yeah, it's about it's the a size dangerous of a turkey. turkey though. It's a dangerous turkey. Yeah, yeah. still run 
but yeah. you're telling me that the documentaries on dinosaurs are actually fake. Well, here's well, the thing. They modified. Here's the thing. Paleontologists did find the fossils mm. of a raptor that was much bigger yeah. in Utah. They call it the oh. Utah Raptor. Oh, yeah. The Americanized version. The Utah Raptor. Well, how come, similar How come to, that's not the what NBA about it, team? But I thought that was in Toronto. That's what I thought, that's too. That's a basketball team. That's different. No, I thought they uncovered something frozen yeah. up there. No, that's I'm why sure. they call them the Raptors. Yeah. No, I think the Raptors uh, were play on the first Jurassic Park. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Were they? You're suspect. Yeah. Why would I'm Toronto not. be the city to, to claim that? No. Yeah, that seems weird. That's a Jamie question. He's Canadian. I yeah. just told you why, but you don't like my answer. I don't. No, not at all. But yeah, the Utah Raptor, a lot bigger. Huh. Jamie, your favorite. Huh. The, uh, hmm. try and stay, uh, yeah. Um, okay. I like the, uh, the pterodactyl. Okay. Of I like course. that sucker flying around. You don't, yeah. bomb. you don't hear a lot of pterodactyl as favorites, but. Oh. I like that out of you, Jamie. And they uh, they were much more vicious, mm. too. Oh, yeah. Than what they, you know, most pterodactyls were like, oh, this is the flying one. Uh, they were no, they were peck, vicious. Peck your, no, they'd rip your, your face off. Yeah, absolutely. Anthony. Yeah. They'd fly in packs. Certainly. Like a flying V? Probably. Kind of, yeah. Mm. Think so? It's your, yeah. my favorite kind. I always, uh, I always thought the, the ankylosaurus was very underrated. The what? The ankylosaurus. It's like a tank. Oh, I think I've seen that. Spikes on his yeah, back, yeah, yeah, the big yeah. club. His tail. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That club. too. That thing only eats massive uh, tail. Isn't it an herbivore? It is an herbivore. Yes. Mm. Nice job there, Marsh. It's way ahead of games. Which means, which means it's uh, it, it only eats plants. He's just a vegetarian. Yeah, but he would blank you up in a fight. You think he would, tells people, "Hey, I'm I'm vegetarian," or is that only vegan? Yeah, I don't think. He, I think he just. He just did his thing. Gotcha. Yeah. I don't think he was telling I would telling agree. People. I don't think he's right. boasting about that. No. Huh. It's like, oh, that guy only eats vegetables? Yeah, he must be weak. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> my leg. Uh, oh, my, my word. My face. <laughs> it's gone. Uh, <laughs> from the 314, Anthony isn't the hero we deserve. What the hell? He's the hero we need. Thank you. There we go. I don't know what that <laughs> was following. But. I'm sure it was the Cardinals conversation and the zoo conversation. I have to imagine that a lot of Cardinals fans were very disappointed in you guys during For that conversation. That you, that you don't want to see the Cardinals in the playoffs. I no, thought that was a did, layup. I'd, I'd rather see families who maybe are challenged financially a little bit because times are tough, I'd rather be able to have children go to the zoo without being charged eight bucks a person just because you want your team to limp into the playoffs. That was pretty disgusting. I, I honestly thought that was a layup. Like, it was terrible. Eight dollars to go to the zoo, but the no, trade-off is... Not everybody is, makes Anthony Stalter money, okay? I don't even make what you think well, I make. Well, obviously you do, throwing eight bucks around like it's nothing. And it's not just eight bucks because who the hell goes to the zoo by themselves? That was pretty maybe weird, Anthony. But I'm just saying, how many? Uh, you know, maybe, maybe twice a year. And you yeah. don't, you how don't many want people you, in your family. You, five. So I, that's eighty bucks. Bam! You haven't bought a drink. You haven't bought a snow cone. You haven't bought dipping dots. We already nothing. established parking costs money. Yeah. Gas yeah. money. I, gas I, is listen, out the roof. Guys, these days. I, 
I can't step out of my house right now without spending $80 as a family of five. Like, as soon as I walk out there, somebody is like, well, you owe us 80 bucks. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what did I get? So <laughs> I, I'm with you on this, okay? We're actually just going to take your money. But the, yeah, right. They're like, just, I, I just swipe the credit yeah. card. And I'm like, okay, I'll worry about it later, They're I like guess. Like serving you papers. But, right. But I thought that was a layup. Hey, you get the Cardinals in the playoffs. Get playoff baseball this year. Would you spend ten dollars? We got a text earlier today. Would you spend ten dollars to go to the zoo if you got Shohei Otani for ten years? I think that's yeah. what it is. Yes. But how are we going to sell them on St. Louis if we're charging ten bucks? To See, that's my that's that's exactly where my thought process. Five hundred million dollars goes a long way. Well, I Anthony, think. again, you can't just go spending other people's money, no matter what they make. It's presumptuous and flat out hey, irresponsible. Honestly, I'm. Again, I'm I'm dismayed by your no, you're not. your thought here. You you have wanted show me thinking you about have others. wanted Shohei Otani. I got you Shohei Otani, and it cost me ten bucks. No, it cost you more than that. Now it's costing you fifty bucks to bring your family to the zoo. I got Shohei for you. You're welcome. Yeah. All you've wanted is Shohei Otani in not St. Louis. Not at the expense of people being able to go to the zoo in St. Louis, though. It's not. It's not my. Um, it's not my response, my mm-hmm. my thing to do. I can't go spend other people's money. I can't do that. It's not my response. You have a moral compass. Yes, somewhat. I appreciate the compliment from the text line on that. Thank you. I'm glad I'm not alone in wanting more for the Cardinals. We call that business ethics. <laughs> from That's the six one eight. I personally love the fast lane because they are the dumbest show alive. No doubt. <clears throat> I mean, that's a hell of a compliment. Yeah, that is. Tasted like a crap sandwich, but I'd still, I'd still eat that yeah. sandwich for sure. That was Those nice. are the ones you don't chew; you just swallow them whole. Mm-hmm. That way, it's much better. It's easier. It goes yeah. down quicker. Yeah, look like like a pill. Yeah, you know, like, right. almost. Yeah, because who the hell chews a pill, right? You do that the first time when you were a kid. You learn. Oh you yeah. Like, oh, oh. Yeah. After that, you're swallowing. Right. All the time. No doubt. Hmm. It's better. Uh, this is from Nick, who was on YouTube. He said, God, it's so awkward watching these two adults be salty over getting to talk sports for a living. We're not salty about sports. Who the hell said that? Block them. <laughs> <laughs> We're not salty at all. Go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That'll do it for us. <laughs> I'll screw you. We, uh, we, we had some fun today, I think. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Not everybody. Instant replay is coming up from six to seven uh, for Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsham, Anthony Stalter. We do appreciate everybody listening and texting in. Thank you for leaving us mic drops throughout the course of the show. Uh, so you know, it was a challenging show, I think, for for a lot of us today. But I think we learned something, and you know, I just hope everybody's back tomorrow and feeling good about things. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See ya. You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.